Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I don't know why I sound like a carnival barker. This is your Friday episode. This is a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City solo line-by-line recap. Plus, we'll be doing a couple of pop culture news stories before then. How the heck are you doing? You made it to Friday. You did it. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. You did that. You put the work in. And now is time to sit back. It's time to relax. Let's goof and laugh and try to bring a little joy to this world, which is so filled with darkness lately. I don't even mean to laugh when I say that. But let's talk about pop culture. Let's talk about reality stars. Let's disassociate for a good hour and a half if we can. Are you guys, you're, you're okay? It's been dark, right? Okay, but let's, let's try to laugh together. Let's try to, to just kind of just make fun of Greek people. <laughs> hey, I'm Angie. I'm Greek. Um, did you know Tom Sandoval was in Jacuzzi with Raquel? Can't believe that. Um, I'm in New York. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see some buildings behind me. I'm trying to keep the light out, but I'm trying to record this as well. It's truly, I feel like James Cameron and Avatar, just the amount of technology... (laughs) that I screw up on a daily basis doing this show. Man, what a great week of shows we did have. And that's what I want to remind you guys. We uh, we do the Monday, the Pop Culture Roundup, which of course had uh, the amazing Sophie Ross, but we also had Izzy Zapata from Love is Blind Season 5 at the very end. We threw that in. And then on uh, Tuesday, we had Lauren Speed Hamilton from Season 1 of Love is Blind, which I thought was a fantastic conversation. And then on Wednesday, we had the Queen, Heather McMahon. It was my first time talking to her, and it was just everything I wanted it to be. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that, but it just, I thought we got along swimmingly. Uh, 
I don't even know where that word came from. Swimmingly? I think, yeah, I could have just said we got along like cats on a hot tin roof. Uh, sipping some mint juleps? No, it was just awesome. And I really, I care about this so much. So I go into these things, obviously, as you know, really nervous because I don't just go up and talk to people in my everyday life. So it's like this tightrope you walk when you do these kind of interview podcasts where like, I've never met this person. This could go horribly. And then about 10 minutes in, I'm like, okay, wow, this is, this is okay. She's awesome. Or this person's awesome. Or that person's awesome. And that is just the most exciting feeling in the world. And I also want to remind you, usually before every one of those interviews, I do some pop culture stories or I talk about Bravo. I think I read a comment this week of like, oh, I miss when you um, just talked about Bravo. And I was like, wait a sec, I've always talked about both. Um, I talk about Bravo every episode, but I got to tell you, I love doing interviews. I love uh, talking to people that are passionate about different aspects of pop culture. I mean, I love, like, listen, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We're all Bravo fans, but we're also so much more than that. And I always just love to celebrate because there's so much... There's so much good, and I love that pop culture now is at a place that it, that it can be studied. Not only do we laugh about it, but we study it. It is fascinating. I mean, next week, we've got Britney Spears' autobiography coming out. I mean, it's finally here, and I am so curious. By the way, did you hear Michelle Williams is doing the audiobook? Yeah, Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek, also... <laughs> Academy Award nominated Michelle Williams. I mean, she's done a lot more than Dawson's Creek, but can you believe she is narrating this? I honestly, and part of me is scared, like, I wanted Britney to narrate a little bit of it because I just want, I want confirmation that she's involved in this book. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I mean that in the best way. Also, I'm so worried about Britney on a daily basis. And I'm like, I've got so much to worry about in my own personal life. And then I spend at least 30% of my actual worry budget on Britney Spears. And I'm like, Britney girl, I need you to be okay because I've got to, I've got to crank my worry about myself and my family up to like a 90% potentially. So I'm hoping you're okay. I'm hoping this book is going to be good for you. And it just seems so far the press releases we're getting and the things that PR is pushing out are kind of like intense and scary things to have to relive in your past. And we'll talk about that in a second. Let's get to some commercials uh, or just promos for the show. Subscribe to this podcast folks. Tell your friends, tell your families. I mean, literally hold your family member down this weekend and say, oh, I need your phone. Give me your phone. And then you take the phone and you put in so bad it's good and you hit that subscribe button and then you hit five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you really are trying to mess with your family, then go over to Spotify and do the same thing and then rate that five stars as well. It just helps the, uh, the visibility of the show when you open that app and it'll be like other shows you might like and we want so bad it's good to be in there because we're proud of what we're doing, right? Right? We're proud of the baddie community. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. I did an hour, hour plus keeping up with the Kardashian or the Kardashians recap, which was truly unhinged. I watched the new episode this morning before I went into work. And um, Kim reveals she has a Manny to give uh, a male influence to her kids because. Um, Kanye, uh, the guy that wears the t-shirt over his head now, he, uh, he's not there a lot. So she has a Manny and I was like, where the, f could you, I should, I should be their Manny. If I was their Manny, I would literally poison those kids against Tristan Thompson on a daily. I'd be like, yo, do you, you don't understand this, but do you, do you understand fidelity kids? 
Do you understand? Do you understand commitment? Okay, let me explain what Uncle Tristan did to Aunt Coco. Do you think this is right? And I would like take toys. I'm like, okay, so say your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, they were dating the Barbies, right? And then say these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even though they had a very strong commitment with the Barbies and they have kids with the Barbies, they went out and they, they fucked a bunch of Transformers, right? Like the female Transformers. I'm not, you know, male Transformers too, but female Transformers. And I'd be like, can you imagine, like he did that to the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did that to the Barbies. And I think they would be able to understand it. And then they would be like, next time Tristan would take him to the Nike store to try to buy him stuff. I think they'd be like, Uncle Tristan, we're good. We have our own money because they do. Also, uh, Scott Disick, hey, I'm Scott. I'm back on the show. Yeah, Clojo. He's in there. Uh, they're doing like a dating segment with him. Anyways, I'll talk, I'll do a recap of that over on the Patreon. I love, love talking about the Kardashians. I get frustrated when people don't want to hear about the Kardashians because I think they, uh, I just, I think they are fascinating. And there's elements of the Kardashians that are very much like Salt Lake City in the, in the fact that it's like, we're at an insane, we're at an insane level. Like when you watch Salt Lake City, I constantly feel like I'm on, like I'm buzzed. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm tipsy right now. I'm like, I haven't drank anything, but I feel tipsy. Like, I feel like I might have smoked the, Mar- smoked the Mary Jane a little bit. You know, I'm like, woo, this isn't really happening, is it? You watch a scene with Mary Cosby and her son, and I'm like, there's no way this is happening right now. And the thing is, there's scene after scene in Salt Lake that you're like, it's my favorite show to watch. I've watched this episode three times, and I could probably watch it another couple of times, but I really can't wait for the next episode to see what they throw at us. And there is a whole backstory to this episode too with Monica and her mom, where Monica, it turns out, fell down and hurt herself at Angie K's Greek mansion. I'm just assuming the mansion's Greek. Um, I'm sure Angie will let us know. She's like, this is a Greek, this is a Greek foundation. We prayed over the foundation in Greek prayers. I'm Greek. So I'm going to talk about that later on when we get to that point, because also Monica's mom is going for that snowflake. She wants to be a housewife so bad. You can sense it. And you really, I, I empathize and sympathize with Monica. And it is interesting. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think of Monica, because I understand certain elements of, you know, she's ruffling feathers, but I still, I root for her. And we're still, you know, we're only seven episodes into the first season of, you know, her being on Salt Lake, but I think, I think she's doing really good. I just think it's that kind of casita, casita Gina from OC, like, I'm Gina, I live in a casita, now I live in a condo. There's that element of that with Monica, because she has so many kids, she doesn't have the wealth, she aspires to be a housewife, and of course, the Jen Shaw relationship was very fraught, and there was FBI involved, so obviously, she was gunning for, you know, housewives or housewives adjacent, but also, if you look deeper than that, that's obviously money-based, that's obviously like, listen, I need to, I need to, I need to be able to provide these kids with a certain type of lifestyle. Also, I love the way in Salt Lake, especially they're like Whitney's like the mean streets of Salt Lake City, like these Salt Lake City streets. Every time they show it, it just looks really nice and snowy. But then when the ladies talk about the mean streets of Salt Lake, I, it just it seems like it is dang. It seems like, holy shit, is that where Tupac got shot? Like it was like, whoa, it seems like Salt Lake. There's like something they're not showing us. Of like, you don't want to go outside at night. Yeah. By the by the Mormon temple. 
lot of seediness over that. Yeah, a lot of people lose their lives. It seems like potentially one of the most dangerous places that you could possibly visit is Salt Lake City. And when they show it on the show, it's just snowy and like choirs like, Anywho, folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, a couple more things. Uh, Substack. So um, I had this idea a couple months ago that Maditza took and ran with where we just, we, we uh, put a substack of what me, Maditza, Sandra, what we're watching, listening, reading, eating. We have a Halloween themed one this week, which I love because I get to sing the praises of the 1987 uh, movie, The Lost Boys with Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman and Kiefer Sutherland, one of my favorites. It's a horror film, but it's a pop culture. It's not that scary. I mean, there's scary moments, but I love that film so much. It's about teenage vampires, which, I mean, that was, that's how goofy of a kid I was. I aspired to be things like, people were like, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer. And I'd be like, I want to be a teenage vampire, or I want to be Corey Haim or Corey Feldman. Like, those to me were career options. I'm like, my name's not Corey, so I already fucked myself there. But if I dress, uh, if, I tra- if I try to dress like Corey Haim, that would be amazing. Also, if you kids don't know Corey Haim or Corey Feldman, I need you to start doing your research. I need you to dig in. This is a part of the fine lineage of pop culture that we need to pay attention to. But anyways, if you want to sign up to the Substack, and I think you should, go to so bad it's good, so bad it's good, Ryan Bailey dots substack.com. So, so bad it's good, Ryan Bailey, not so bad it's good with. So bad it's good, Ryan Bailey.substack.com. You can put your email address in to that. We immediately give that email address to the IRS. Uh, but other than that, you know, we don't, but it's free. It's free of charge. And it'll also keep you up on the show. I know the Medica made a post uh, because the Jeff Lewis Live video uh, is up on YouTube for free if you wanted to check that out. But it's a great way to... Um, for free, keep up with the show, especially if you can't do Patreon, which I understand. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes. And also, 
uh, quick on the Patreon, we'll be doing daily updates from BravoCon. So if you can't do the BravoCon, you can sign up for the Patreon. We'll be doing daily updates, multi-part daily updates. I did these last year and it was a lot of fun where I would just take my AirPod and be like, I'm, I'm outside of this location right now. And it's, you know, like, this is what I'm seeing right now. Shep is trying to hit on Taylor, even though they're broken up. So that's over there. Uh, we got so much stuff going on right now, folks. I'm barely keeping my head above water, but what a wild ride. Like I said, I'm in New York. I've got a couple hours to try to finish this, and then I got to go to this Betches PR event. Did you see uh, Betches? They, um, they got bought. They got acquired. They got acquired yesterday by this awesome company. It seems like an insanely good deal. The three women that started Betches, it's just so cool what you can create in this world. And, uh, you know, it's just so neat. Like they started this like 12 years ago and now they sold this for like an insane amount of, I mean, just an insane amount of money, but just, it seems like awesome. And I'm excited to be a part of it, but we're going uh, to this PR event and then I'm doing this Betches night out, which is like this stand up comedy thing that I'm going to, but it's really nice to be, uh, around people that are like-minded doing, doing, doing the thing. Also, uh, I'm going to be guesting on Watch What Crappens. Uh, I'm going to be recording with Ronnie in the morning tomorrow. And uh, Ben, we we pray for his swift recovery. I think he has appendicitis. But uh, I talked to Ronnie yesterday, so I'm going to be co-hosting or you know just guesting on Watch What Crappens, which is always a huge honor to do that. So I'm excited about that. And I also think um, there's just, uh, what else? There was something else. Oh, yes. God, I know this is, when is he going to get done with these fucking commercials? Uh, I'm doing on Thursday, the 26th, next Thursday with Sarah Galley. We're doing a moment to celebrate the premiere of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've seen the first episode. It's Cuckoo Bananas. You, you can actually see the first seven minutes online right now. And, uh, it is insane. The other 53 minutes of the episode is insane. I can't wait for you guys to watch it and I can't wait to talk about it. We will be doing full recaps of it on this show, but I'll be celebrating with Sarah live on that moment. You can sign up at moment.co slash Andy's girls. So go, I think it's like 12 bucks. It'll be a great time. I'll wear the uh, Erica Jane lingerie that we got from the Girardi auction. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it on my naked body. We'll do that. Um, is that it? I'm like, I'm talking to nobody that's here. Is that it? Is that, is that all the commercials we have? Okay. That's it. Let's talk about a couple of things. Um, before then I just talked about Beverly Hills. Now, Beverly Hills in the first seven minutes, you've seen this Lisa Rinna. They show Lisa Rinna's resignation letter where she was like, hey, thanks for the wonderful eight seasons, but I will not be renewing my contract for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Going to take more time to eat Harry's Bolognese. And there was like four exclamation points. So she was really excited about this. But the funny thing was, this was like two weeks before BravoCon that she turned this in. So that's interesting just because when we went to BravoCon, Lisa was doing the panel. She was booed. We still thought she was potentially coming back. She hadn't told us this. But then if you read Andy Cohen's um, Daddy Diaries book that he released this year, he talks about that, is that he had a text exchange with Lisa where she said, I don't think I'm coming back. And he said, you know what? It might be good to take a pause. So she sent this letter saying, I'm not going to renew my contract. And they were like, cool. And then she tried to take that back after BravoCon. And they were like, you know what? We're good. We're good. 
So it is interesting. And uh, I've seen some fighting online of like, see, she wasn't fired. It's like, yeah, no, Andy talked about exactly what happened. She removed herself. Then she tried to get back and they were like, no, we want to make a different move for the show. And I sometimes think that is the best because I don't think the door is closed on Rinna in the future, but I think sometimes you get to a season and of course she lost her mom last season and Vicky Gunvalson's another good example of that as well. Um, is that you do sometimes need time off. You do get to a point where you are not bigger than the show, but I think the show elevates your way of thinking in a not positive manner sometimes. And it can really harm not only you, but the viewers, because then we don't love to hate you. We just hate to hate you. And that's a very not fun position for the audience to be in. So you then watch these shows and some of the joy is taken out of it because you're just livid. It's, it goes beyond like watching a sports game or your favorite like WWE wrestler. You're just like, ooh, this lady is horrid. I mean, I really, it was painful to watch her and Erica yeah, yeah, I'm still on the show, Erica. <laughs> I'm having sex with everybody. Erica Jane. It was painful to watch. It just wasn't fun. And I think Housewives should be a blend of fighting and fun. But the fighting can't get so intense that you... that it makes you feel just bad inside. You know, that you are sitting just fuming. I don't know. It's something that I guess season to season it changes. But I, I have a feeling in a couple of seasons, Rinna will be, be back unless she teams up with somebody like Bethany Frankel. Come at me, all. I'm Bethany. I'm eating bagels. <laughs> yum, yum, bagels. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm Bethany. Yeah, cancel me. Um, Bethany, you guys, that's what I wanted to talk about. Bethany had a dinner. I wonder if she charged these ladies. She was like, it's great. It's going to be, it's going to be a buffet. It's only hundred dollars a head. No, she had this, she had this, um, I don't even know what she called it. She'll tell us. It's like some kind of woman summit. It was like the Avengers. If a lot of them were just potentially troublesome, I don't, you had the artist formerly known as Raquel. You had Rachel Levis there, which by the way, uh, the bidding is ended on the, lightning bolt necklace and the Tom Tom hoodie. And I think she raised over like $16,000 for a mental health charity, which I got to hand it to you. That's really amazing stuff. We can joke about it all we want, but I think that's great. But she was there. Bethany uh, didn't pay her for the podcast, but probably paid for her to be at the dinner. You had Nene Leakes. Okay. You had Larza, Larva Pippin there. You had Larva there. Which Larva, you know, Real Housewives of Miami comes back in two weeks. I'm very excited about this. But Larza, she, man, I mean, like, listen, Larza, you know, Larza always pushing, pushing the envelope, walking that tightrope. And I get nervous because I'm like, Larva, you need this job potentially. Like, Larza's always an interesting housewife because she, you don't mess with Larza, but at the same time, she's one of those like, what did I, like the Urkel, like, did I do that? <laughs> but she's like constantly saying she doesn't do anything, yet she gets into so much mess all the time. So she was there, Nene was there, and then you guys, it gets insane. You got Amanza Smith from Selling Sunset. So Amanza was there, was there and I'm like, wait, does Amanza have a problem with Bravo? And then... It gets crazy. It, get, it gets even crazier. Then you have two 90210 uh, cast members. You got Jenny Garth and you got Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who had a falling out um, in the last decade. So they were there. 
And then you had the red-haired uh, woman from Clueless. I'm blanking on her name right there. And then you have a bunch of people that I'm not sure exactly who they are, but there was a bunch of group photos. And I'm scared to actually look into this more because it feels uh, particularly haunted. <laughs> it's like bad vibes. And I was thinking, I said this on the podcast on Monday, I think. I was like, it's been too quiet with Frankel lately. She hasn't Frankled it up. And I was like, oh, and then I saw this picture. I was like, no wonder she's been planning this Frankel dinner. Bethany Frankel just Frankling all over the place. But you get those bad, like, I'm happy to see Nini. She looked amazing. But it sometimes worries me because it's like the UN of bad vibes. <laughs> you're just like, ugh. And then you're like, Jenny Garth, I love you. What are you doing there? And do you think Tori Spelling was upset she wasn't invited potentially? You know? But uh, I'm curious to, I don't know. I was about to say I'm curious to see what Frankel is up to. But that's, I mean, listen, we're talking about it. I just still am of the mind that you would want to be beloved instead of having a goof like me saying like the UN of bad vibes like that, you know, is that now everything that she does to me is suspect. I'm like, okay, Bethany, what are you got up your sleeve? You know, she's one of those people you turn around, she sucker punks, punches you in the back. You know, it's like, you just don't see it coming. Um, I don't know. So I just, I do. Are you guys still there with me? I know she still has a lot of fans and I just feel like, I feel like she's not a universe builder. She's a universe destroyer. And I feel like there's a big differentiation between those two. Okay, moving on. We'll find out more, I'm sure, about the Frankel dinner. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Brittany's book that comes out this week. I also want to let you know, Brittany's book comes out... Um, Brittany's book comes out the same day as Danny Pellegrino's book, uh, the jolliest season. And I loved Danny's book. You're going to hear him on the podcast next week. He's amazing. And, uh, I believe this is our Barbenheimer. I believe this is Danny and Brittany's book on the same day. Uh, sorry, it's called the jolliest bunch. You can pre-order it now on Amazon unhinged holiday stories, but, uh, this is Barbenheimer. There's room for both. Brittany Spears book, of course, is called the woman in me. Um, which is also going to be the title of my autobiography one day, which actually would fit. I do. I mean, that would fit the woman in me, Ryan Bailey, the woman in me, what it's like to be a man talking pop culture and mainly loving women. Um, and then also Ariana's book, which is the single AF cocktails that comes out December 5th. And I saw she was doing a couple of like live, uh, live shows about it. Uh, also, Lala, uh, at her podcast, Bethany Garcia, sent me some Boots on the Ground video. Um, I love Bethany Garcia, that she was there. And I think Vicki Gunvalson and Tamara were there, if I'm not mistaken. So good for you, Lala. Uh, that's that's incredible. Um, I feel like everybody, like, let's not shoot our load before BravoCon. Everybody better, all these Bravo celebrities better save some stuff for BravoCon. But I wanted to talk about, talk about Britney's book because we, as we talked about on Wednesday's episode, we talked about that information coming out about Britney and Justin. And uh, this is a trigger warning. I did the trigger warning after I said this, which is not how you're supposed to do a trigger warning. And I got told about that. And uh, yeah, I'm so sorry that I did the trigger warning after the thing that you should be trigger warned about. Um New to trigger warnings, I'm sorry. So trigger warning right now um, uh, was that Brittany reveals in her book that her and Justin, they had an abortion and that Justin was not ready to be a father. And this is when she was 19 years old. So I was just thinking more and more about this, right? Because we all love Brittany. 
And a lot of people have decided we do not like Justin. A lot of people have decided that. Now, I am not in that camp. I am also curious because I do wonder. I don't think we'll potentially ever hear Justin's side of this because I just don't think he would share in that way. But I think we're so quickly, we're very quick to put him in this bad kind of corner because of, you know, Janet Jackson, of course, the Britney stuff. But we also found out in the book today that Britney finally admits that she did cheat on Justin with Wade Robeson, the choreographer, who then actually came out and revealed that Michael Jackson, another trigger warning, uh, allegedly sexually abused him uh, when he was younger. And I watched that uh, Finding Neverland documentary series on HBO uh, years ago, right before the pandemic. And it was so um, powerful and disturbing. Um, these two gentlemen's stories in this documentary were, were just uh, heartbreaking. And uh, I'm shocked sometimes that we still argue about these kind of things. But uh, if you've seen the docu-series, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, and you're curious or want to fight back about it, I would say watch that first and then see what you have to say. But we get confirmation in Britney's book about this, uh, that she did cheat. But she had said she never cheated on Justin until that point. They went out dancing. They started making out. And that was the Don't Cry Me a River. Now, I think we're always in this kind of camp of trying to paint Justin as this master manipulator. But listen, he could and might and probably is. There's shades of complete douchebag male in there. But at the same time, like, you can't, I don't know, you, you got to realize he was young too. This was one of his first big relationships as well. So I am curious, and I'm not so quick as a lot of other people to completely hang him in the court of public opinion, because I do think like, okay, he was, he was cheated on. This seems like it did actually mean something to him. Now people are going, well, he cheated potentially before that. But remember, there's different rules for men and women. Brittany probably didn't stock the pins and batteries. I don't know though. So I do find it, uh, I find it interesting because if you start to think about these um, celebrities as human, which we sometimes don't do, we kind of co-opt their stories and we feel like we own them. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. We celebrate these things, but it's like, you know, it's like that team you root for. And you will be like, you know what? No, period, point blank. We never see the full side of everything because our own personal opinions will sometimes get in the way. And I'm very curious because you have to, at the end of the day, they did say they loved each other very deeply. And remember that age, you guys? Remember being that young? And we weren't celebrities like they were. We were not wealthy. We were like doofuses. I was picking my nose, eating my boogers. No, I was not. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wasn't cool. I wasn't. But remember how it felt when we got cheated on? Remember that and how heartbreaking it was? Remember your first love and how you never felt anything like it in your, your life because it was the first time your heart felt something like that? And when your heart got broken, it was the worst thing in the possible world because you'd never had your heart broken before and it was a muscle that never felt that way. And then, you know, when you get older and your heart breaks again and again and again, you're used to that feeling. It's like reps at a gym. You're like, okay, still hurts, but you know, it's a little sore, but I'll get over it tomorrow. They have similar feeling just because they're rich and celebrities don't make them unfeeling. Don't make them not human. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure Justin was completely immature and I'm sure there's aspects of him that are still that way, but I do believe that both of these people hurt. And I would be curious when all of this information gets revealed about a relationship, how he feels about it now, how he feels about this sharing of the story. Now I do know, I'm sure that Brittany and Brittany's people 
tipped Justin off. I'm sure they got to read galleys of the book, but it'll be interesting to see what this does. I just, at the end of the day, I just hope Brittany's in a mental headspace to be able to deal with the onslaught of public opinion about what is being revealed. And now listen, Brittany's always going to win. And especially because Jada Pinkett Smith has tried to reveal every flipping thing known to man about her and Will Smith's relationship. Like, listen, I mean, at, at some point in my dream last night, Jada Pinkett Smith came in and revealed, like, uh, Will lets me do butt stuff to him. I'm like, enough, enough, Jada, please. Why are you in my dreams? I'll buy the book. I'll buy two if you just leave us alone. But we don't celebrate Jada Pinkett Smith the way we do Britney Spears. And also Britney Spears, you know, she's come out on even social media going, oh, you know, I'm seeing like, you know, it's like all this stuff is sad. And I'm like, yeah, it is sad. Like, that's what you unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what revealing in an autobiography, these past secrets, you're going to have to deal with those emotions. And that's what I was worried from, you know, first hearing about this book, if Britney was able to withstand this. She also talks about stories with Lynn that she used to drink with her mom, just daiquiris though. And it was very different because her dad was an actual alcoholic. And that when she would drink around her dad or see her dad drink, he would just get withdrawn and depressed. And uh, I thought that was interesting as well. So I'm very much looking forward to this book. I'm just worried what else. And I don't love the current state of pop culture where, and page six does this a lot, where you get a new, you get like three or four push alerts a day with different little things, little buzz things from the book. We see it a lot with Jada Pinkett Smith this week where every day I'm like, why is more stuff coming out? Just stop. So I'm scared to see what else gets pushed out before the release of this book next week. So we'll see. Are you guys excited? Did you already pre-order your copies? Whew, man. Um, okay, we did Lisa. We did Brittany and just Oh, th- wait, that's the other thing I wanted to say. And this is a greater point in terms of pop culture and actually the world, like political news as well, is that just be careful where you're getting your information these days, honestly. I see things passed around that are so blatantly false and it is so frustrating because I'm like, guys, we are better than this. We really have to be better than this. This is getting passed around as fact. Somebody tweeted this and it's like taken on a world of its own because people are buying this as fact. This is the, uh, they said this is an excerpt, excerpt from Britney's book. It says, okay, I'm ready. Put it in, I said. And he replied, it's already in. My world collapsed. Britney Spears in a new excerpt from her book, The Woman and Me. So it's making fun of Justin Timberlake saying that he had a small wee-wee. Now, this has been tweeted, and then people have been making TikToks like, oh my God, no wonder Justin is... Guys, this is fake. This is not from her book. If anybody did just like the the smallest amount of digging, you would see this is like a joke from a joke account. It's like complete bullshit. The problem is we get so excited about this. Even myself, when I first read this and I was like, oh my God, she reveals Justin has a small wiener. Anytime a celebrity has a small wiener, I get so excited because I'm like, yeah, ha, that's what you get for being a celebrity. You should have a small wiener. I hate when John Hamm... They, they have his huge hog and those gray sweatpants. And then it's all like, oh, stop talking about my huge wiener. You don't deserve a huge wiener, sir. If you have a huge wiener, it is your celebrity. It is your, you, you are, you need to be able to like go, yes, I have a huge hog. I don't know why I was blessed with this, but thank, I'm so thankful to be blessed with this. Please keep taking pictures. And if also you don't want your hog to be taking photos of, don't wear um, gray sweatpants without undies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it's like, pick a lane. 
But I love this at first because I'm like, yeah, Justin has a small wiener. <laughs> Amazing. And then I realized it was a joke. But the problem is then we read this and we take it as fact. And then half the people won't even read the book. And they're just going to go around thinking Justin Timberlake has a small wiener. I don't even know why I'm sticking up for Justin Timberlake's wiener right now. But I am. I am sticking. And, and also... If we are going to do this, can't we just put out, I've asked this so many times over the years, can't we just put it out like that I have a huge wiener or a huge hog? I'm just going to keep calling it hog. They got a huge hog. Can't we put that out like an excerpt from uh, Brittany's book, The Woman and Me? Uh, I've started listening to Ryan Bailey's podcast. It's obvious by his voice that this man is packing major heat, unlike Justin Timberlake. No, but I just see this all the time and I get frustrated because then you go on TikTok and you see people making actual videos about it and they're like, oh my God, you guys, it was revealed that in Britney Spears' book, Justin Timberlake has a small wiener. Could you imagine if Britney Spears actually wrote in her book about the first time Justin entered her? Think about how disturbing that is. Think about that. <laughs> Think about like Justin took out the lube. Like imagine it was like some dime store romance novel. Justin didn't have lube, so he spit on his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, kick the kids out. I'm so sorry. This is like trigger warning afterwards. I should tell you to kick the kids out of the room because I know people listen to this as a family podcast around the fireplace. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. I'm probably going to some form of hell. Um, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm there now. Who knows? Um Finally, Vanderpump Rules, they are filming their opening title sequence, which now I am starting to almost think that we will get our first trailer for the new season or some sort of teaser at BravoCon. And if they're already filming their title card sequence, I also think we might get a new season by January. Like, I'm really getting that feeling, which we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago, that I'm like, if they're really trying to stay hot in the heels before this completely dissipates and we start like going full hatred on Vanderpump Rules, they should, they, I mean, I predict they will release this new season in January. That's my prediction, but I'll find out more and I'll let you guys know as soon as I do. But they're filming the opening title sequence and something about her, Ariana and Katie, which every guys, it's going to open. They have permit issues. I keep hearing these. It's all fake. It's not fake. There's like actual, this is an actual business. So it, it, NBC Universal doesn't own the city of West Hollywood, unfortunately, <laughs> as much as I wish they did. Um, so it's a permit issue, but they were filming the opening title sequence. And I was just like, wouldn't it be just hysterical if they do that? Schwartz is the only one at Schwartz and Sandy's because they're kicking Sandoval out. And then it just like zooms in with the drone and uh, Sandoval's at a grocery store buying his own pins and batteries. It's like, na, 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 What's up, dude? I'm here at the grocery store buying pins and batteries in the opening title sequence, dude. Oh, goodness. What is, it? what is it all coming to, folks? What is it all coming to? Okay, let's get into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the show that begs the question, are you on acid? There's a good <laughs> potential answer is yes. Um, oh, also, that's sort of the other thing. I'll be on Reality Checked with Kiki Monique, our, our bud. I love Kiki so much. Kiki actually has a podcast with Betches coming out. She'll be on the show soon, but uh, she's hosting Reality Check this week. So I'm going to be on with her tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tomorrow is jam-packed for me as well. So 
call into the episode, call into the show. I know there's a, I think a 1-800 number that you can call in. I think there's a special guest besides me as well, a Bravo celebrity that's going to come and join us. So I'm excited to see if that happens. So I can't tell you yet in case it doesn't, but uh, really, really so exciting. I'm telling you guys, this is the dream, man. I'm busting my ass. I, you know, you don't get paid for this kind of stuff, but this is the kind this is the, this is the life I really always dreamt of. I wish my mom was here to see a lot of this. And that's like the kind of weird thing you have to accept, right? Is that all these good things, but then they're like this one bad thing, you know, like it's a huge bad thing. And that's the weird trade-off about life that I sometimes am still not grasping. I still don't understand. And my emotional uh, makeup from hour to hour, it changes. Like I'll be having a great day and then it just hits you and you're just bummed, man. And you can't snap out of it. You're just like a zombie trying to be like, okay, I need to walk. I need to get steps. Maybe this will. And it's this thing like this, like this permanent, you know, shaking off of the leaves in the fall in your like body and your mind and your soul. And you're, you're sapped. You're just your spirit. It's like just sapped. And it takes sometimes so much to just get to a point where you're like, okay, I can laugh. I, you know, and that's just a daily struggle. And I know a lot of you guys have already dealt with loss or are dealing with loss or about to deal with loss. And it is weird. Like it's, it's all your like emotional levels. It, I've never, I've never experienced something quite like this because, you know, even the victories are not as sweet as they would be, you know, if I had my mom here. So it's that thing of like, man, I am so appreciative. And when I get these things or get to talk to these people, I'm, I'm so excited. And, uh, I think it's just afterwards. Sometimes you're like, Oh, well that didn't fix everything. Like me talking to Heather McMahon, that didn't fix everything in my life. That didn't chiropract crack my soul. That didn't, and I think that is the sad part is you're looking for that itch to be scratched. You're looking for that. I always used to tell you guys when I was emotionally prepping for my mom to pass that I was always tense. Like it was that tension, like you're waiting to be hit. So you're just tense. Your muscles are tense all the time because you're just prepping to be hit, to be smacked. And so it's not like that anymore. But after you're like used to like just tension flexing for a year, then when you don't have to do that anymore, it goes on the flip the other side. It's like you're trying to find that equilibrium, but it's that other side where you just feel soft, where you feel malleable, like you feel like putty in a bad way. You're like clay face. You're just kind of dripping everywhere all the time. And I don't mean like urine, like Heather Gay in a sprinter van, but you just feel like, oh man, I wish I had emotional spanks because you're just spilling everywhere. And you're, I'm spilling on this podcast. I, I don't, I don't. And that's why actually I will try to do my best to stay away from having conversations with friends in my life. I'll stay away from those unless it's like podcast related because I don't want to emotionally spill, even though they would be cool with it. It's just like, I have to know, like if, if I do too much of that, I know that I'm messed up for the rest of the day that I, you know, like, well, then I'm not going to be able to work. So you put these like emotional spanks on to just try to hold it in, but you're still like, wait a sec, these should be tighter. Why am I still seeing this roll of emotional fat poking out of my spanks, poking out of my emotional spanks? By the way, folks, I am, um, 
trademarking emotional spanks. That is a new so bad it's good. We, we should sell t-shirts of like, are you wearing your emotional spanks today? Yeah, baby, it's me, Caitlin. Oh, goodness, folks. You guys still here? Are you with me? Uh, I want to thank Laura Beth Harp for, uh, she's back taking notes on Salt Lake City this week. I couldn't do this without her. It really does help so much because I watch these shows so much, but it's just a different experience when you don't have to sit there and take notes. It is so amazing. I also want to thank Angelina Fay who took the notes on the Kardashians for the Patreon. But Laura Beth Harp did this and she went to the Jonas Brothers concert last night. So I was like, oh shit, I should get a concert review for the Joe Bros. Like, are they, are they, like, what's the Joe Bros spirit right now? You got the Sophie Turner divorce happening. Is, is, is Joe all right? Like, is he just pouting the whole show? Is he, is he too happy? Is he like, this is weird. You should, you, is Joe wearing his emotional spanks? Is Joe wearing, come on. Like, I mean, I but anyways, Laura Beth Harp went out of her way to take these notes for me and for us so we can make fun of these ladies together. And I couldn't be more appreciative. So let's get into this right now. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Okay. All right, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 4, Episode 7. It is called An Olive Branch with Thorns. Ooh, it almost sounds like a Game of Thrones book title. This is amazing. Premiering Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. This is the description that the cable company gives us. Mary's son's relationship status is revealed. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Meredith retreats from the group. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to retreat from the group. I don't, I don't feel comfortable because of the, the rumors and the <laughs> Meredith retreats from the group. What are we coming to? Oh, my goodness. Already, I'm fully locked in on this description. Heather confronts Lisa about Jack's mission because, yeah, why wouldn't an older lady confront somebody about their younger son that's not their um, blood? Angie tries to get, but Angie reveals she's Greek. Angie tries to get clarification about the that about the boomers, but things go awry when Monica's mom intervenes at Angie's Easter party. This Monica's mom, I'm telling you, man, back off, like. Back off, as 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 Meredith would go. Fuck off. Can we can we let's play the let's let's play the Meredith thing one more time just for me. If I were to go for the jugular and talk about the <laughs> the rumors and nastiness about her, well, we can do that. Do you I know think... what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Don't <laughs> with me. Okay, tell her to <laughs> off. I'm Meredith Marks, elephant man. Oh, you want to go there with husband? We go there with husband. Uh, Meredith is lightly used in this episode, which is great because she's been heavily used, and I think it's good for her to rest her voice work with her dialect coach, all of that jazz. But I want to point out once again that clip. You want to talk about husband? Guys, everybody keeps saying, including her, that she would never 
spread these rumors about the husband. But here we have this clip of Meredith shit-canned in Palm Springs saying, you want to talk about the What does she mean? I mean, what? Like, the, like what, what is she referring to? That potentially this man isn't Greek? Uh, he isn't. Uh, she is. But like, what is the rumor? Like, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? What is the rumor that she's referring to? And Meredith says, oh, there is more. Um, in fact, even Monica on Watch What Happens Live this week said she's not at liberty to say, but how many more rumors can there be? How many more rumors can there be? I mean, is this guy out there killing hobos? What is going on? What are the rumors that you're referring to, Meredith? I love Meredith. I think she's amazing. I think she is like God level at this point. I think every t- she's magnetic this season. But I do think, I'm gently saying this, that I think Meredith has an agenda and she has a game plan. And we then just drop these things. I said this last week. We just all of a sudden dropped Lisa Barlow giving BJs and handies for jazz tickets. Where did, I mean, they're buddies again, but where, what happened? Where, where did we land on this? I feel like I always miss something. Like, did I miss an interim episode? I mean, I feel like the premiere, there should always be of like, what happened over the summer before we started recording the new season? It makes zero sense to me, but a lot of Salt Lake doesn't make sense to me. And that would normally annoy me on most any other housewife show, but for Salt Lake, it feels like being in a constant state of confusion is Salt Lake's sweet spot. It's that thing that they do better than any other franchise. And the fact that they're leaning into it, the fact that this is the Wizard of Oz on acid, that we are going down the rabbit hole with these ladies every week really makes me love this show so much. I mean, I I, I just truly love this show, even though I can't trace a clear point A to point B line on what is going on at any time. And like I said, normally that I think would annoy us, but this show is just doing it, man. And I think also because this show was an underdog, especially after Jen Shaw left, I did not have high hopes for this next season. And it just goes to show how wrong that we, how wrong we can be as an audience is that we always just have to wait and see, right? And that's the most boring stance to take on anything. Ah, oh, we'll wait and see, right? It's like the worst thing. Ah, oh, we'll wait and see. Because I am hyper. Like, you know, my mind always wants all the information now. I want it now. And this makes you wait for it. But it's paying off. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so we start off. That's the uh, cable description. I'm fully in. That's a beautiful description. Thank you to Comcast or whoever wrote that. Way to go. We, of course, open up with scenes from the season so far. And I want to remind everybody, we ended last week's episode where Monica, with her mom, was at, uh, you know, her granny's, like, you know, Red 47, Ace of Spades. They were playing, like, Jenga or whatever game in the background as Monica was revealing that her mom thought she hung up on Monica and instead started saying, I fucking hate my kids. How dare her? I hate this girl. Her mom, you know, presents a certain way on camera, but we have to accept that obviously she has put Monica through a lot of horrible, uh, horrible things. And I think that's potentially, 
you know, you can see how that's affected Monica. You can see how she uh, attacks life. And you can see, you know, you can see why potentially she is the way she is. Now, the mom, like I said, is presenting as a hero. Like all these ladies, the other ladies, the housewives seem to love her. But she directly goes against her daughter. And, I mean, that's very Jersey. You don't go against the family. But we see it happen. And I don't think that should be celebrated. I don't think somebody, because they want to be loved by these other women and this certain affluent lifestyle... And in a sense, trying to win us over the audience, no, man, I, I, that's when I go true blue with the housewives, you know, I'm going to stand with Monica on this one, even though I don't, and we'll go, we'll get into Monica's tweets because Monica is tweeting up a storm, but her mom started tweeting too. I'm like, dude, if my mom, uh, rest in, you know, rest in peace, if she used to get on Twitter and been like, you know what? Ryan's episode today was horrible. I disagree with his statements on John Hamm's huge hog. I don't think he has a huge hog. I wish Ryan would stop talking about it. I would be like, Mom, why are you going against me in the show? It's weird. You need to support me or just stay out of it completely. Okay, so the episode opens at Angie K's house. She's getting ready for her Greek Easter party. Guys, this is so crazy. I did a Google search. Um, cause I was like, what is this Greek Easter? And it turns out Angie K is Greek. And it's the first time we're hearing about this. And I just thought how exciting we're learning about Greek Easter, which is just a couple weeks from actual Easter, but it's Greek Easter. And Angie K is the president of Greek things in Utah. Uh, I'm assuming, uh, and the doorbell rings at Angie K's, uh, prepping for the Greek Easter party. And Angie K goes, Oh my goodness, this is going to be amazing. Hop on in. This could not have turned out any cuter. Thank you for coming. And we see that a person is dressed in a full Easter bunny costume. Here comes little bunny Fufu hopping through the Greek forest. And the, you know, I'm always for an Easter bunny in a costume. I love costumes. I love it. It is, it does add to that feeling like you're on acid while you watch Salt Lake City vibe that I get. I was like, oh, there's the Easter bunny for Greek Easter. Of course. Uh, later we found out, this is a fun fact, that is Jen Shaw in the Easter bunny costume. That is, that's a little known fact. She, uh, she, she escaped from prison and she's just coming around. She's like, you can tell it's Jen because the Easter bunny, if you look closely, has a little shank in the Easter bunny's hand. It's like, just like, come at me. Yeah, I'm the Easter bunny. Um, Angie K goes, well, you are going to surprise some ladies today. Angie K in a confessional goes, Greek Easter is celebrating Christ's resurrection. Oh, so it's like Easter. Oh, like Easter? Uh, It's bringing family together with food and traditions I'm going to send invitations out and invite all the ladies. So she's going to use the bunny to send out the invites. Now, this is amazing. Remember in Potomac when it was, was it Karen that had the party that sent out the Shakespearean of like, thou'st presence is requested at Karen and Ray Hugas. I love a tacky, a tacky thing to get out invites. I think I love this kind of shit. So now we see a montage of the Easter bunny just delivering invitations to all the ladies. Whitney's walking down a street. She's like, I'm walking down a street. And the bunny finds her and she starts laughing. She's like, what is this? What is the bunny giving me? And then we have the bunny hopping over Mary's car and it's a perfect camera shot. This will be studied in film school one day. Mary's car window rolls down as we see the reflection of the Easter bunny approaching Mary and Mary just gives a look of like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. 
enough of your Greek Easter Bunny games. Like, she, she looked so defeated. She's like, oh, I decided to come on again, I guess. Okay, give me the invite. Um, also then the bunny we see gives Lisa Barlow hers while Lisa's filming a confessional. She's like, here's the deal with Whitney. Oh, oh my God. I love this. A Greek Easter bunny. Yeah. And then Monica's daughter opens the door for the bunny and Monica's like, who's letting strange bunnies into this house? And then finally we get Heather Gay who comes into her car and the bunny is just sitting in the back seat and Heather, I guess, doesn't clock this and she screams and throws her phone and is like, holy shit! Guys, do we re... I, I've said... I don't know why it's bugged me so much, but do we really think that Heather Gay didn't see a six-foot bunny rabbit in the back of her car? Do we really think Heather is that unawares where there's somebody filming, she knows she's being filmed, she hops into her car and then is actually surprised at a six-foot... I mean, come on. Like, there's just no way. I mean, even though it's a very real reaction, I don't know. I hate to get conspiratorial. I really do. But sometimes these shows push you to that. But I'm like wait a second, there's no way that Heather Gay didn't see this. And it's just, I've thought about it nonstop because it's a very real reaction. Also, this is what I'm talking about when, when he's like, the mean streets of Utah, of Salt Lake City. Like if this, like if you pull this shit, I, I seriously, pull this shit in Potomac. This bunny would be like, you'd like neck broken. It'd be like, ah, are you kidding me? This bunny's just able to enter cars? This bunny, like, Whitney's like, it's cool. If bunny approached me on the street, the mean streets of Utah. <laughs> the bunny drops on the invites and it's like, Angie K's husband, I'm going to spread rumors about. I don't know why I give the bunny a southern accent there. Anyways, we go to a restaurant with Whitney and Justin. Uh, you know, the, we have the waiter coming up. I wonder if waiters get excited of like, I had a little scene in a housewife show today at work. So it was very different for a Tuesday. Uh, Justin's like, I, Justin, Justin literally goes, uh, she's like, do you guys want some drinks? And Justin's like, uh, like I like tequila. And the lady goes, I like it too. <laughs> she goes, I like it too. I like rubbing alcohol. I like it too. No. So Justin orders a tequila cocktail and Whitney gets a glass of, I'll take a glass of Cabernet. And they both order the filet and Justin's like, cheers. And Whitney's like, cheers to the first date of the year. And Justin's like, that's sad. That's fucked up, Justin. How's your new gig going? And he's like, feels good to be, you know, back for sure. It's just crazy to be in a full-time work routine again. It's like getting quite overwhelming to try to balance it all. Don't you think? Or is it, is it just me? And when he's like, you're feeling overwhelmed? And he's like, yeah, a bit. And she's like, well, I feel like I'm sinking. <laughs> that don't mean, I feel like I'm the Titanic. I'm so down on my luck right now. In the mornings, you coming down and sitting on the couch and you're turning on the TV and getting on Instagram drives me fucking nuts. So we're already like in it at this meal. We're like, oh shit. And Justin's like, I'm not getting on Instagram. I'm getting on Twitter. I'm not getting on the old IG. Whitney in a confessional, who's we she's wearing like a chain mail, like a Knights of the Round Table dress. I mean, Whitney, beautiful woman, but just very chain mail-y. And Whitney's like, just yesterday in the kitchen, I'm frantically cooking breakfast for the children. I have bacon on the stove. Bobby and Brooks are screaming at each other and they want me to referee, but I'm trying to cook 
the breakfast and make the lunches. And meanwhile, Rocky pees on my couch. So I have kids in a fight. I'm trying to get Rocky. I forget that the bacon's on and the fire alarm goes off. And I look over and Justin's on his phone. God forbid you just get up and flip the bacon for me. Now, two things. My mom worked, you know. She brought home the bacon, fried it up in a pan. But she wouldn't fix, like, we were a cereal... My, my sister and I, we, we ate cereal. We ate, and we didn't even get the good cereal. We got generic brand cereal. And that's when cereal came in the boxes. We're in Kansas. It was literally black and white. They, they were like, no, you're eating generic cereal. They didn't even try back then. It wasn't even like, instead of Golden Grams, it would be like, uh, you know, Silver Squares. This would just literally be like generic, you're, you're eating generic um, Cheerios. Like they would say this, you should be sad while eating this. But that's what our breakfast was every day. And we, you know, now I'm like, when I was, when I was a kid, we used to eat generic cereal. But I didn't know any different, like, and I was not sad about it. I never thought about it. I knew my parents were busy. And uh, I just find like, maybe don't cook the bacon. Like, that's amazing. But if you're so stressed out, like, chill on the bacon. Like, there's so many different options for a quick breakfast. And also the other thing are, uh, you know, men are stupid, right? Maybe tell Justin the bacon needs to be flipped. It's annoying. I get it. But I will tell you, through my life, I have never been the kind to actually see what needs done. I need to be told again and again. I know that's annoying. I know it is. But... Once, you know, like if you're like, take that trash out, then I'm like, oh God, I got to take the trash out. But I'm never going to be like, does that trash need taken out? It's just not even in my fucking head. Um, so Whitney's like, clearly, Justin, our communication isn't what we thought it was. He's like, yeah. Like the other morning when I was clearly having a hard time, you ignored me. Like you avoided me and said, and Justin's like, rather than validate the fact that you, yeah, I needed validation. I wanted you to be just like, are you okay? Do you want to talk? And Justin's like, well, I'm willing to talk about things, but it's like really hard for me to bring them up. But I don't always want to be the one to bring it up is what I'm saying. And Justin's like, just like I don't always want to be the one bringing up the old sex, the old in and out, the old hippity dippity Whitney. And Whitney rolls her eyes. And Whitney's like, it's not about sex. And he's like, not for you, but it obviously is for me. I want to do butt stuff. And Whitney's like, women have to connect to open up to have sex. So if you are missing on that, that doesn't work anymore. Right now, I'm not in a good space. I'm kind of creeping back into this sad, lonely. And Justin's like, well, I don't want you to be there. I know it was a stupid fight. I got mad at you for not wearing your ring. So I took mine off, but it's just triggering that like you went back to work and like now I'm just at home with kids trying to figure this all out and to see your wedding ring in the drawer every day. That hurts me, which is sad. Yeah. I mean, that is fucking fucked. Like wear your wedding ring. That's like, that is like weird, man. Like that is truly weird. I would completely hate that. Um, and also when I remember when I wore a wedding ring, it felt good. Like I liked having a ring on. In fact, like when you, you know, when I got divorced, it was like that phantom, you're like, ah, phantom limb. You're like, ah, it feels weird without the ring. Like, come on, wear the ring, man. Especially if you want butt sex. I mean, it's like do the little things, you know, how easy it is to wear a ring. 
Johnny Depp wears like 30 of them, like just even on like a Tuesday. Like you wear the rings. Lenny Kravitz, he's like literally begging to wear rings all the time. The guy has 60 pieces of accoutrement on and Justin can't wear a stupid ring, especially when he's not having sex. Put the ring and also double it up. Do the cock ring. Do the dick ring. Put it, rings everywhere, brother. Um, but I, I don't like that Whitney's sad about anything. And I know Whitney gets such a hard time. And uh, she gets such a hard time from the fandom. And I sometimes don't get it because I feel like she does open up. I don't feel like this relationship is in the, any real jeopardy. But relationships do go through these phases. Relationships where it's like two people having to emotionally connect and changing year to year about, you know, like people don't stay the same. And that's hard. That's why relationships sometimes are lacking. That's why we do have the divorce rate we do. That's why we do break up. The amount that we break up with people is because we change so much. And sometimes you don't change at the same pace as others. But I'm not worried about this couple. I really am not. <laughs> we'll watch their broken up by BravoCon. Whitney in a confessional is like, when Justin and I are not solid, everything else in my life suffers. Since he's been back to work, I have a short refuse. I am more angry. I have lack of focus. I can't sleep. I just feel like I can't function. I don't know what to do to fix that core connection. Have you tried alcohol? I don't know. Justin's like, wait, well, I'm sorry. I don't want you to feel that way. Growing pains hurt, Justin. And I just feel like I go through it alone. Well, don't. But I do. That's the end of that scene. There's no, but I do. Okay, next scene. Oh, 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 the choir. We go to a candle making shop. Of course, there's, of course, the mean streets of Salt Lake City. You gotta go to a candle making shop with Angie Kay and Lisa. Uh, the ladies greet each other and hug. Um, Angie Kay's like, I've always wanted to do this. And Angie Kay doesn't even mean candles. She just means a storyline. She's like, huh, I've always wanted to film a scene. And it's becoming more and more my reality. And I don't even have to do anything or pay for anything of Jen Shaw's. This is amazing. Lisa's like, I guess some people like pouring hot wax on themselves. And Angie Kay goes, no, no, so, no, us, uh, what? And Lisa's like, like, it's a fetish, but not mine. What a way to start that scene. Because then I just skipped their thing, like, wait, what is Lisa's fetishes? Like, it's not candles, but what I do like is when John gives me titty twisters. I love it. It gets me so hot. The ladies start making candles, and they're smelling various candles, and Angie's like, Bacon! Oh, this one smells like old books. <laughs> this smells like rejection. And Lisa's like, I want to do linen and tulip. Tulip for my candle. Tin roof rusted. And Angie Kay's like, well, I'm going to do, okay. Um, is there a Greek one? No, okay. Frankincense, myrrh, clove, and despair. <laughs> and Lisa's like, Henry got his hair cut today. And Angie K goes, to get ready for tomorrow? Yeah, for Easter. Don't you mean Greek Easter, Lisa? Now, a random teenage girl pops in that's working at the candle shop. This is completely bizarre. This is what I'm talking about. Completely bizarre scenes. The girl's like, are you, are you Jack Barlow's mom? And Lisa's like, yeah, exclamation point. And the girl's like, I'm really close friends with Jack. I'm really close friends with Jack. And, he, and Lisa's like, oh my gosh, I love that. Do you want Vita tequila? I'm 
15. <laughs> um, no, she's like, I love that. Did you know Jack's going on a mission? Like immediately goes to this line. And that's why I think this is obviously a setup scene. And the girl's like, yeah. And Lisa goes, did you know before me? And the girl goes, I did know before you. And Lisa goes, you did? Are you kidding me? And the girl's like, yeah, I did. Lisa in a confessional goes, you know you're out of the loop when the girl at the candle shop knows your son's going on a mission before you do. Let's face it. I'm not winning any mother of the year awards here. And you kind of feel bad for Lisa, but also I, I, just the, the freedom of information in that scene of this girl randomly coming up while cameras like, are you, are you Jack's mom? Like, yeah, like, yeah, no. Yeah. Obviously it's Lisa Barlow. There's a camera on her, but also if the scene was real, you wouldn't be like, I knew before your mom. And also, you know, it's like, yeah, I do. Also, Jack Barlow's social security number is 513-325555. Like, you know, like how much information is Jack Barlow giving out? And then also it makes me scared because like, how, how long has this been in the works that Lisa has not even been aware at all? Has Jack been planning this for years? Like, is this like the escape from Barlow? I, I, I truly am like... Fudge college, mom. And then he's like at night, just like like a, planning like a prison break, you know? <laughs> he's just like, get busy living or get busy dying. Andy Dufresne crawled through one mile of shit to get out of Shawshank that night. Like J Jack Barlow crawled through a bunch of Taco Bell refried beans and a boatload of Diet Coke to get to his mission. Like imagine what, like imagine the mission, like this kid is making money hand over fist as being a part of the empire of the Fresh Wolf men's wear collection. <laughs> it's truly insane. It's insane to me, but I feel kind of bad for Lisa at the same time. The girl goes, anyways, hope you have a great experience, Lisa. And Lisa's like, thank you. Thank you. You're so cute. Nice to meet you. Has my son ever gotten to third base with you over the clothes? The girl walks away. They start making their candles. And Lisa goes, the invite with the bunny was so cute and not scary at all. And Angie K goes, I'm Greek. No, she goes, I invited Whitney and her family. I invited Heather. I invited Mary. I invited Monica. And Lisa makes a face like, you know, I invited her because I want to be inclusive, especially after what I dealt with in Palm Springs. I don't want to leave anyone out. And honestly, I'd even planned on inviting Meredith. And after the fact that she's spreading rumors about my family, it's like, yeah, you're not coming. I like she gives a speech about inclusion, but at the end goes, but I'm not going to do Meredith. I, so it's not, you know, it's not inclusion. And also we're talking, this is so funny because Angie K is the one that kind of you know, just wasn't invited to the Trixie Motel and showed up, like just showed up. And I will give Meredith credit is that she is a co-chair at the Glad Awards, as she said now a billion times. So it's not like she shows up to Greek Easter with a shirt that, you know, she, you know, like, I'm not great. Greek people suck. Like she didn't do that. She went and lived her own life. Anyways, Lisa's like, I'm trying to move forward with Meredith, but I hate what she did. I think it's wrong. We have to have boundaries and it's not okay. And Angie Kay's like, exactly. And Lisa's like, this thing that's interesting though is Meredith alluded to the fact that she knew something. And I think with Monica taking it to the next level, one's not worse than the other. They're just as bad. And you know what bothers me is like Monica was saying you guys have bragged about hooking up with Sean like it was no big deal. And she made it seem like she 
knew the source, which I'm like, now you're doubling down on this. We get a flashback to Lisa's party at the Opera Ski Party, and Monica goes, he has like boyfriends running around the city bragging about their sex. Also, you know, obviously a rumor, but that's what you want. I mean, if you if this all happens, you do want people bright. Like, you want people being like, that guy threw down. Lisa's like, we have so many mutual friends. Nobody has ever once said that. So I'm like, why are you lying? You're flat out lying about your friend's husband. Angie, honestly, like, when you said you were inviting her, like, I'm shocked a little bit because that would not be someone I would be like, come learn about the Savior's resurrection with me. Lisa's like, I would not share your Greek traditions. And Angie K in a confessional goes, Monica and I were duped by a very dear friend. We were both hurt by Jen. That's what the two of us connected on, talking about Jen Shaw. But I'm not sure our history is enough to sustain what happened in Palm Springs. And now I'm questioning her involvement in the rumor about my marriage. I consider Monica a friend, but I feel like I'm really starting to see that if she really was my friend, she would have handled things a lot differently. And Lisa goes, what she did to you was mean. She is not your friend. Now, you guys, buckle up because you're about to get knocked off your coal mining asses because we have a scene at Mary's house and she is talking to her son, Robert Jr., about his marriage. And the son brings in her coffee and Mary's like, no, sit it down, sit it down. No, you're, you're a mess. Thank you. And Robert Jr.'s like, and Robert Jr. is always so shy. He's like, is, is it good? Is it good? Well, I didn't get it hot. I'm not going to microwave. So what's up? And... Robert Jr. goes, nothing. Like, he's just like, nah, he's awkward. He's like, he's like a seven-year-old. Mary and her son call their dog over, and their dog, guess what their dog's name is? Cray-Cray. So literally, two people in the house, you call Cray-Cray. You call Mary Cray-Cray, that's her surname, and then the dog's name is Cray-Cray. Like, honestly, the dog's like, why the fuck are you naming me Cray-Cray? Like, literally, this lady does most of her scenes with the mannequins in her closet. Anyways, the dog just sits, like, just stands and stares at him like, oh, God, another day of this? This is insane. And Mary goes, why am I hearing these rumors that you're married? And Robert Jr. goes, ha, 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 I'm hearing it from people. I want to hear it from you. Is it true? And Robert Jr. goes, I don't know. And Mary goes, you don't know? You don't know if it's true or not? Yes or no? No? Yes? Maybe? Sort of? And then she goes, Lord, please let it be no. What is it, son? I love that at that moment she communicates with the Lord. So like, I always picture when anybody does this, the Lord has to stop whatever he's doing and been like, oh my God, Mary's bugging me about this. The son is married, Mary. Get over it. You deal with this. I've got things up here. Robert Jr. is like, I don't know. Mary goes, you don't know? Come on. Robert Jr. goes, I mean, kind of, yeah. Like I went to the courthouse. So Robert Jr. obviously understanding the, um, you know, what it takes to be married. He's like, I don't know, maybe. I went to the courthouse. So you are married. And Mary goes, Lord, have mercy. And where, where was I when this was happening? You snuck and did it? <laughs> He's like, you were in your closet talking to mannequin heads. Robert Jr. goes, yeah, low key. It's been almost like a year. What? What? Like, I felt like this, we should have cut to commercial. I felt like the cameraman should have dropped his camera. I felt like, like I was like, wait, what? This kid's been married for a year and they live at Mary's house? A year? Mary has not known about this for a year? And then Mary in a confessional goes, 
they both live in my house, but I don't see them much. We kind of have our own wings. And one day, like they were getting dressed and he was rushing to do something and he was dressed up nice and she was dressed up nice, but they were running, like full blown running, like with all their might. But I didn't know they were going to get married. I like it. She was in a veil. <laughs> she was in a pail. He was in a tux. Had no clue. There was a wedding cake. I don't know. I love sweets. So Mary in the scene goes, hmm, you're my only son. I don't have nobody else. I just have you. I'm going to cry. And Robert Jr. goes, I'm still here. And then Mary kind of starts crying. She's like, I'm sorry, my baby. And Robert Jr. goes, Mom, it's okay. And they hug. And, and, and Mary goes, thank you. Don't ever be afraid to tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, the mean streets of Salt Lake City. You got Jack Barlow doing a secret mission Lisa Barlow has no clue about. You got Mary not realizing his son's married. They literally are in wedded bliss in Mary Cosby's house for a year. Does, Mary does not know. Like, think about how easy it is to ask somebody. Like, And also, this show is so bizarre. Whitney's husband doesn't wear his wedding ring. Robert Jr. doesn't wear his either. He's not wearing a wedding ring in this scene. He's like, Mom, can I borrow money for a wedding ring? We've been waiting a year to ask. Mary in a confessional goes, he's not ready for marriage. He has no idea that he has to man up. Like, he's going to be the sole provider. I mean, I'm not going to be providing for him and her. Well, you have. Also, I would love, he's like... Um, we also have a three-year-old. He lives in the wing with us too. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's like, oh yeah, I've been noticing a kid around here. That's yours? Interesting. Uh, anyways, Robert goes, uh, she's like, oh, do you think you made the right decision? He's like, yeah. And then Robert Jr. just goes, I don't know. And Mary goes, you sure were. I admit, guys, I... I wish I could I wish I could lead you through this and make some sort of sense of it, but I can't I this makes no sense to me. It makes no in fact this is like it, we, we're, we live in a simulation. There's no way this is true. There's no this is a figment of my imagination. This is literally not happening. This this whole episode. And now we go to Heather's house and she's FaceTiming with her daughter, Ashley. And Heather's like, you look so pretty. I just got finished wee-weeing in a car. Um, how was spring break? How was Cabo? And Ashley's like, oh my gosh, it was so good. Time of my life. And Heather's like, you sure you don't want to come back to Utah and be a Mormon? You could put a sweater on. You could leave and go on a mission. And Ashley's laughing. She's like, oh my gosh, mom. And Heather goes, I haven't even told you this yet, but um, Jack Barlow's going on a mission. And she's like, really? Yeah. Well, it's kind of crazy, Ashley says. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, but I did not see that in my cards. I like how the kids are always so much more emotionally adjusted. Not Robert Jr., but Ashley was like, yeah, if that's what he wants to do, do it. And Heather's like, I know. I don't think she saw it in the cards. Lisa, though, she said it was a total surprise. And Ashley goes, well, maybe because all of his friends are doing it. I don't know. Like, Ashley's like, I don't know, mom. And Heather's like, yeah, I think it's probably all his friends. She said, I mean, she said they've been going to church every Sunday. And Ashley's like, well, that's what's so hard about the Mormon culture. It's like no one gets like, it's like a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice. Like it takes over your life. Heather in a confessional goes, I see all of Ashley's friends and they're all either on missions or married. And she's, you know, in a string bikini in Santa Barbara. And I just think, thank heavens. <laughs> there is middle ground right there that I don't feel like we're exploring. Heather goes, cause I was thinking and seeing the world in a much different way when I was her age. I've read my journal and it's humiliatingly embarrassing. Just like I love God so much. I want to dedicate my whole life to God and to serving his people. And I love service and I'm going to be the best human being I can be. And I'm going to marry the best, most righteous man and have the best, most righteous children. And just 100% repeating the adages that I've been 
drilled with my whole life, you know? And in many ways, I feel like Ashley is like the version of me if I hadn't been raised in the church. And Ashley goes, I think what makes it not fake, but like it's clearly like for an ulterior motive. You know what I mean? And Heather goes, there's clearly like a cultural element. It's not just our out of devotion of God. It's out of devotion to community, out of like keeping up with the status quo and just the culture overwhelms all of us. Because I've never thought of Jack Barlow as like a particularly devout person. I'm not going to say a negative word to him, but how do I support and be a good friend when he's doing is like, I'm politically, socially, economically, emotionally, and morally against it. I feel sick inside. A mission is like boot camp for Mormonism, you know? Like entering an army, and Lisa should probably prepare him for that. The one person she didn't want to talk about the mission with was me. Now, this is where I feel like, Heather, it's like, mind your business. Honestly, like, mind your business. You now are talking, this is the thing. We always have that rule in Housewives, don't talk about the kids, but we always never, we always have this rule, nobody follows the rule. And now, Heather, it's it's even, this creeps me out a little bit because she's talking about, like, I've never thought of Jack Barlow as a particularly righteous person. I've never had a conversation with, why would you be having conversations with him about this? He's 17 years old, Heather. Like, what are you, why would you even be, Like, I've never thought of him as a particularly righteous person. Like, what? Also, I think it's like people have their own journeys. Now, I have issues with every religion, including Mormonism. Like, Heather's thoughts about the Mormon religion now, they make a lot of sense. I've listened to her book. Uh, Bad Mormon, which she reveals a lot of the secrets. But even that, like, oh, I, I read back my journal now, and it's like, well, listen, you know, like I said, I read back my journal. I said I wanted to be Corey Haim or Corey Feldman. Uh, yeah, I'm embarrassed about that, but it happened. Like, don't shit on it now. You were trying to serve God. You took pride in that. You, you, you can't shit on that and then shit on other people as well. Everybody has their journey. You might not believe in it, but it is not your place. It is just truly not your place. And I understand what she's talking about, but like the fact that you're even going to try to make this a storyline for yourself at all makes me queasy in the worst ways. I don't know if you guys agree with me on this, but I think Ashley has the right kind of like, well, you know, it's that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. It's like, take care of yourself. And also, this is new for Heather, this coming out against the Mormon religion. But don't expect everybody to hop on your wave. You can't expect that. Don't everybody expect to, like, and I feel like at the end of the day, also, she just wants to sell more books. It does come off disingenuous because at the end with Lisa, she's like, why haven't you read my book? It's like, dude, I don't think Lisa's reading any book if that makes you feel better. (laughs) I don't know. There was something about this that just felt so icky to me. Just because you had this experience doesn't mean that's everybody's experience. Not saying that you're not in the right about aspects of this religion, but it's not your business. And when you're then trying to be a housewife on top of it, it's not like her full-time job is speaking out against this religion. It's just a storyline. It's just a book that you've made money off of. Um... So Ashley's like, uh, well, literally all you're doing in your book on these tours is speaking on your experience because Heather's like, why don't, why doesn't Lisa want to talk to me about this? I totally understand why Lisa, and also Lisa doesn't like Heather. Lisa hasn't liked Heather. That's been a storyline since the first season. It's been accepted. Why would Lisa ever come to Heather? And especially if you did write a book called Bad Mormon and your son was going to this, I would never talk to Heather. They don't like each other. I mean, I think Heather would be willing to like Lisa. Lisa doesn't. Lisa barely accepts Heather. Um, We come back and we're now in another scene in Mary's house. Uh, We see Robert Jr. hiding in the background with his wife and his child. (laughs) She's pouring a glass of ice water. A fly is buzzing around her, which is probably some sort of heavenly 
vestige. Uh, we hear the doorbell ring, and it's Meredith. <laughs> Meredith, one of the only people that truly um, speaks Mary's language and thinks of Mary as an equal. She's like, you're so smart, Mary. You're just, you're amazing. I get everything you say. I don't, I don't understand why people think you're nuts because I think you're very level-headed. I think you're amazing. Mary goes, oh. I had a kind of long day, so that's why I'm still, <laughs> yeah. And she's wearing PJs, and she doesn't have much makeup on. I love a housewife that doesn't do glam. And uh, Mary goes, anyway, Mary's like, what's going on, Mary? And she's like, well, I just had a little conversation with Robert about his marital status. Wait, a junior, I presume you mean? No, Meredith, senior, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, that actually does make sense. There's a potential Robert Sr. has uh, multiple wives. Uh, JK, maybe, kind of. I'm Greek. Um, and Mary's like, oh, I presume Junior, yeah. And Mary's like, well, yeah, of course. Like, if Sr.'s married, that's a problem. And Mary goes, well, I'm here for you. I want to hear what's going on. Uh, Meredith is nodding off. And Mary's like, well, everyone knows he's married and I don't. Oh, my gosh, Mary. And Mary's like, like, I should know that, you know? Well, that's a little crazy. I mean, that is a lot. And Mary's like, well, let's change the subject. Let's make it a light note. There's plates right here. Just get started, huh? Fix a plate. And Meredith goes, this is awesome, Mary. It looks amazing. And there's a beautiful, I mean, truly a beautiful charcuterie board. I just kept looking. I was like, oh my God. Uh, Cy De Silva from Roni would be literally unhinge that huge mouth of hers and just shovel this all in it. She would love this. And Meredith goes, uh, show anyone you've been kind of keeping, um, and Mary, you've been kind of keeping to yourself a little bit for a minute, huh? And Mary's like, well, yeah, it just gets monotonous. Trying to give people chances. And you think you're going to go back into a crowd of people that's going to grow and then they still haven't grown. And Meredith goes, I mean, with everything that, you know, happened at Lisa's opera ski party this last week, I, I, I hear you, Mary. It does feel monotonous. And Mary goes, yeah. And they're just walking in the same shoes. Like, you don't think you need taller boots? Mary, I love this because it's a classic housewife's trope of being oblivious to the fact that you haven't changed at all. I love that Mary, the onus, is like, I thought I was going to come back and everybody's going to change, be better. Like, you still haven't answered for any of the shit you've done, Mary. Like, literally. Like, you said so many problematic things. There are so many things in your life that are completely problematic. And I love that you're sitting here going, well, nobody's changed. I'm amazing. I don't know why everybody sucks. And Meredith is just encouraged, like, you're so right, Mary. You're so, so right. It's just, you're very pious. And I love that about you. Meredith goes, uh, you got to rise above, you know. And Mary goes, it's just class. You just have to have a little class about yourself, and I don't see it. <laughs> Meredith goes, well, I could have clapped right back at Angie Kay, and I have plenty I could have shed, and I chose not to. Meredith referring to information that she has, and Mary goes, oh, Lord. And Mary goes, well, I'm being accused of spreading rumors about that gay man, Sean. <laughs> spreading rumors about Sean being gay. But do you under understand how insane that is? And Meredith in the confessional, by the way, Meredith looks gorgeous in this scene. Truly stunning. Meredith goes, well, I'm not the one spreading these rumors. The irony here is my son is gay and so is my husband. <laughs> the irony here is... My sh I am Seth Marks. How dare you say that? I even inferred that about me, Ryan. I'm a 100% USDA grade man. I'm a minister of the muff, Ryan. Yeah, I'm in Canton, Ohio. I'm a positive guy. I love my wife. I love the ladies. Yeah. 
The irony is, Mary, my son is gay. I'm a huge supporter of the gay community. I'm on the host for the Committee for the Clad Awards, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance. I would never comment on someone's sexuality. I don't do that. And now she's trying to blame me for these rumors about their family that I heard, but I was spreading them? You can leave. Mary is trying to open a wine bottle while Meredith is talking. And Mary's like, can you help me out, Meredith? Meredith takes over opening the wine. None, none of them can open this bottle of wine. And Mary's like, uh, but did you get the invite? And Meredith goes, what are you talking about, Mary? Well, I'm talking about the bunny. There was a bunny. And Meredith goes, oh my gosh, Mary, what bunny? Well, a rabbit with big ears. <laughs> Meredith goes, like a costume? Yeah. Okay, so what's the invite for? I love that this is just a normal conversation. There was a bunny. There was a bunny? Yeah, big ears, a bunny. And Mary goes, well, the invite was for Angie. It's Greek Easter. Did you know she's Greek? I think she's having a brunch. You didn't get the invitation? Uh, no, Mary. I'm not going to be in town, though. I'm going to L.A. for the Glad Awards, which I'm really, really excited about. And Mary goes, good, that's great. Yeah, I'm in the host committee, and it's going to be really fun. Well, that's cool, Meredith. Well, I don't think I'm going if you're not going. I just don't want to go. I don't want to be around them. I just don't see enough that they put their self to be a better person than I saw when I was around them a year ago. I need to see you do have a soul. <laughs> She's, I love it. Calling these, like, these are all soulless. These are just fully soulless women, according to Mary Cosby. You come back looking for growth, you got to have substance. You got to have something. Show you really have something. Some hope, a feeling, a people. Also, Mary doesn't do any scenes with these ladies. So I love that she's judging this on these like minute moments. Like Mary's at a McDonald's drive-thru and she's like, now this has soul. Not like those ladies. Meredith goes, right. And by the way, if you're upset about something, there's a way to talk about something to somebody like a grown-up does and say, I'm upset because of A, B, C. And Mary's like, right. Not, you're a whore. And Mary goes, and you come to a resolution with that person. Like, people have arguments. People have disagreements. You tell them how you feel, and then you come to a solution. <laughs> like, my son married a year ago. He just told me. <laughs> like, come to an ending and end it. You got to end it. And Mary goes, and move on. I completely agree, Mary Cashby. And Mary's like, right, I don't have the energy. I'm exhausted for these people. I'm just exhausted. And Mary goes, it is exhausting. I agree. I agree with you. I'm on the GLAD committee. And Mary's like, no, I'm not going on this Easter bunny hunt. And Meredith goes, ha, 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 Meredith, like, is she's, her, just like the way she speaks. And then her laugh is like this throat, like, ha, 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 I need, Mary goes, I need to see a change. Next scene, we are at Angie's K-House for the Easter party. Laura Beth Harp, you just put Easter party. You got to put Greek Easter party. It's a Greek Easter party. Don't confuse people like this. She has the food, the flowers, the decor. It's all being set out. Angie has a huge stack of dollar bills because obviously there will be a Greek Magic Mike uh, dance later, I'm guessing. The daughter sees the dollar bills and Angie K goes, the bank was wondering why we needed so many ones today. They had heard rumors about my husband on the mean streets of Salt Lake. And Electra, her daughter goes, that's a lot of money, mom. That is a lot of money. We're going to teach the ladies how to do zebekiko, zebekiko. <laughs> And let them have the opportunity to dance around the drink. And Electra's like, oh no, mom. And she goes, and we're going to throw some ones at them. Oh no. Yes, Electra. Oh yes. So give everybody like 10 or $20 in ones. There's a lot of money here. 
Thank God Jen Shaw is in jail. You know she would have come and be like, where's the ones? Where did the ones go? Angie Kay's cell phone starts ringing. It's Mary Cosby. And Angie Kay goes, hello. And she, Mary goes, this is Mary. <laughs> this is Mary. This is Mary Cosby. Angie Kay goes, oh, hi, Mary. How are you? I'm good. Good to hear from you. I was calling to let you know I won't be able to make it. Oh, you're kidding. No, I know. I have to go to home. I have to go to my home in Vegas because we had a flood about a year ago and everything just got done. <laughs> Dude, everything in Mary Cosby's life happened a year ago. Her, her son got married, her house flooded, and she's now just dealing with all of these things in this last week. Man, I don't know where I've been this last year. It's been wild. Anyways, home flooded in Vegas. Gotta go. Year ago. And Angie K goes, well, I am so sad. And I'll be honest, I was really looking forward to you coming. And Mary goes, don't take it personal. And Angie K goes, I don't. I just, I kind of feel bad. I do. And that's real. So I just wanted to call you. And Angie K goes, well, nice to know that you've got feelings after all. That was kind of a sweet burn. And they laugh. Mary goes, ha, 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 ha. Okay, goodbye. And Angie K goes, like, okay, good luck with your house. Okay. Mary goes, cool. Guys, I'm telling you, that's, it's just so bizarre. It's just, I don't believe this is really, truly, like, what is going on in the world? That was an insane scene to me. I just, I, I'm so appreciative that we get this season of Housewives. I just, I, I, I can't even, like, Mary Cosby's calling Angie K to tell her about a flood in Vegas? Like, Truly, truly in- incredible. So the guests start arriving, uh, including Angie Kay's priest, Father George. I will be your father figure. Put your tiny hand in Father George's. Anything you have. Rest in peace, George Michael. We love you. Uh, her dad, Louie, is there. We find out that her dad was an immigrant from Crete, uh, which I found out is from Greece. Uh, He came to America to build a life for his family here. He became a widow at age 44, you guys, and he was left with seven children to raise on his own. And we see a photo of uh, Angie Kay's family back then with all the kids. The way you can tell it's Angie Kay's family is the whole family is wearing the Terminator glasses that do the whole, like the windshield wiper glass. No, I'm joking. Angie Kay goes, being an immigrant, my father gave us the gift of loving Greek culture, the Greek community, the Greek traditions. He never let us forget where we came from. Say it with me, Greece. Other guests started arriving, Lisa and John Barlow and their kids. I love this little, this Lisa Barlow's kids. I love them. Heather comes and brings Angie, Angie, nine lemons in a bowl. Shout out to Shannon Bedore, nine lemons in a bowl, which is a feng shui thing. But I think Heather brought it as a kind of a tip of the hat to Shannon Bedore because we know Heather loves housewives. Um, also, I was just thinking about like Shannon Bedore for so many reasons as I do every day. She's been doing like, you know, she's locked comments uh, on her Instagram, but she's back. She's like, I want to be able to talk about what has happened to me, and I will. Um, there are certain things I cannot say right now, but I wanted to let you know that I am just walking with my dog, Archie. And Archie is like, ah. Um, do you remember Shannon Bedore's business venture with the salmon cream cheese? The frozen food cream? Yeah, okay, we remember. Anyways, Heather asks Sean where he gets his clothes, and he goes, my gay boyfriend. <laughs> so Sean playing along with the fun rumors that have been said about him. Heather, Angie Kay, and Sean all laugh. Whitney and Justin and their kids arrive when he's like, hello, what's going on? Monica and her mom and her kids arrive last. 
Angie K says Monica's mom and Angie K's dad look good together. And they ask if he's single. He is. And the mom's like, oh, yeah. So it's a huge party. So it's like many people, not just the cast. Angie taps on the glass to toast. And Angie K's like, everybody, grab a cocktail. Find your seats. I just wanted to start off by welcoming everyone to our Greek Easter lunch. We're also honored to have Father George. He's about the closest we will get to God today since Mary Cosby is not joining us. And it means a lot for me to share my faith with you all. But last thing I'm going to say, I'm always inspired by the story of Christ's resurrection. It's a story of hope because Christ was mocked and ridiculed and crucified and people made memes of his big glasses. And he's managed to rise up three days later. And I think if Christ can rise above it, then we too shall rise again. Heather in Confessional says, I feel like Angie's kind of making herself Jesus in this whole story, which I guess would make Meredith <laughs> Brutus. And then she's like, Brutus, <laughs> Judas, where am I, Judas? I was thinking Caesar. Look, I've lost my religion. Father, forgive me. <laughs> Bad Mormon on bookshelves now. We are at the party and Father George is saying the blessing over the food, a Greek blessing. The guests are making their the food looks insanely good, didn't it? I was like, oh my God, really looked like a great spread. Like once again, sigh, sigh, this is the cast you need to be on or just not any cast at all. The women all sit down together and they cheers and they start eating. And Whitney's like, Angie K, your speech was beautiful. It made me cry. And Angie K is like, thank you. It was quite a week for my family. Speaking of, where is Meredith? Heather's like, she wasn't invited. We flashed to Meredith, Seth, and Brooks living their lives, getting it at the Glad Awards red carpet and dinner. Seth is in the um, room going, let's get loud, everybody. Let's get loud. It's me, Seth Marks, on the ones and twos at the Glad Awards. You can tell Brooks is embarrassed. Uh, we flash back. We come back to the, the uh, Greek Easter, and Lisa's like, Ange, how are you doing? And she's like, I'm so good. Everyone's having fun. I'm happy. And Lisa's like, like after our conversation the other day, and Angie K goes, yeah, I'm just sort of taking it all in. It's hard when someone comes in and they're nice, like Monica, like nothing we'll see today. I'm going to talk to her today. Oh, good. So the party's still going on. The kids are hiding Greek Easter eggs. I'm assuming they're Greek Easter eggs. And Father George says goodbye. And Lisa and Heather go to get dessert. And Heather's like, I want to talk to you, um, Lisa, because I talked to Whitney and she said this when you guys were talking that you were really triggered by Angie coming to my house. And Lisa's like, oh, completely. Like, <laughs> does, just fully like, yes. And Heather goes, so what's going on? No, I was super triggered listening to Angie because no one was there for me. And Heather goes, well, I didn't know that this was a little black rain cloud hanging over your head. I think we've been getting along great. We've been laughing and having fun. Um, maybe not. No. <laughs> He's like, no, we had fun. We're fine right now. But listen, we're fine because we're always surface. So it's like staying surface. And Heather goes, but I feel like we have a much deeper relationship than like the whole thing with Jack's mission. I would love if you could talk to me about it in a way that's constructive. And Lisa's like, I don't even want to talk about it, Heather. I don't feel comfortable talking about it with you. Why? Well, just because you had such a different experience and I need to be in a space with Jack where I'm supporting what 
what he's doing right now. I love Lisa just going, no, there's, I would rather talk to Mary Cosby. Angie Kay then asks Monica if she can talk for five minutes. So much conversation at this Greek Easter. And Angie Kay goes, you know, Monica, I just wanted to chat with you. I am happy that you're here with your family. And Monica's like, thank you. And Angie's like, there's something that's been bothering me. I was hurt because you have put out the rumors that you thought Meredith was speaking about. And Monica's like, but I said those rumors to you. Because I had your back and I was there for you 100%. I told you about it right away. I don't like this shit that was being said because I don't believe it. And Angie K goes, well, you don't believe it. Then why would you say it? And Monica's like, because we're on a reality show, Angie K. No, Monica goes, because Whitney asked. And I said, is this what Meredith was talking about? Meredith was the one. And Angie K goes, how do you know what Meredith's talking about? And Monica goes, I didn't hear it from Meredith. I heard it from the Salt Lake City streets. These Salt Lake City streets. My God, is anybody in Salt Lake City right now? Just go out on the streets. What is it like? Do you hear whispers? Is it like, oh, oh, oh there's a rumor going around about uh, Andrew Kay's husband. Like, is it just like a whisper? Like, it whisper in the winds, potentially? And um, Angie Kay goes, Salt Lake City streets? And Monica's like, I'm telling you, that's the rumor out there, Angie. And Angie Kay goes, but you're repeating it. And Monica goes, to you. Monica in a confessional goes, I first heard the rumor, honestly, years ago. She heard this rumor about Angie Kay's husband years ago? This is like, this is, this is like a magnum opus. This has been going on for centuries, years ago? She goes, way before I even met Meredith. This is something that has been circulating all over for years. And when she says that, I go, oh, Jen Shaw's been saying it. Jen Shaw's probably been saying it nonstop because that's the connection, right? Angie Kay goes, you're saying something that you don't have any facts to back. We're at a Greek Easter thing right now. We're now back to Heather and Lisa. And Lisa's like, why do you even care about Jack's mission? And Heather's like, because if you're sending your kid out into the wilderness for two years, you should know the good and bad of it. And Lisa's like, your experience growing up in the church was totally different than my experience. My path has been so good because I converted to this faith. I just wanted to focus on supporting Jack. And Heather goes, I support that 100%. Of course, I'm talking about you and me. Like, why don't you want to read my book? Why don't you want to know my experience? See, it gets confused. Like, it starts like, why don't you want to talk about the mission? And then it's like, why didn't you read my book? It's about me and you, not Jack. Like, Heather, what's the target here? Lisa's like, oh, is this about your book now? And Heather goes, yeah, because I feel like I wrote the book. And that's why it's like, uh. <sighs> now we go over to Sean, John Barlow, and Angie Kay's dad sitting together. The dudes are always just chilling, man. And John Barlow's like, it's um, it's such a dichotomy. Is that is that the right word? You have like the relaxation over here and then the total polar opposite over there. And we're back to Heather. And Heather's like, you can't tell me that you have a different level of Mormonism. Our Mormonism is the same. It's black and white. No, it's not the same, Heather. It, it's a yes or no question. It's not the same. It's not nuanced at all, Lisa. Heather in a confessional goes, I don't know what gaslighting really is, but I feel like this is it. <sighs> That's the second book. I don't know what gaslighting is by Heather Gay. Like telling me like the religion that I've been a part of since birth, that it's actually different. And the way I've been doing it is wrong. Lisa goes, I don't think it's like check the box to go to church. Like I would wear this to church. And Heather goes, oh, please, you would not. Because the outfit she's wearing right now. Heather in a confessional goes, you know, to be fair, I would gladly join her church. It seems great. All the perks and none of the payment. Maybe if that's what Jack says on his mission, he'll have a lot of success. We're serving Vita tequila in strapless dresses. Come on in. This is where I thought, I thought that was just a shitty, unnecessary comment on Heather Gay's part. Like, 
you know, sorry, like I love, and that's, by the way, the Mormon religion is fascinating because they have three levels of heaven. And that's always confused me even when I was, you know, I had a lot of Mormon friends in high school. It was like, wait a sec, I can't get to the highest level of heaven. It's like bottle service at a nightclub. Like since I'm not Mormon, like I'm already at the lowest level of heaven. Like I'll be there, but there's a class system in heaven. That part always cracked me up. But Heather here, seeing that she is so indoctrinated still, she's like, I was a better one than you. What are you talking about? You get it. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just like, it's like a dick comparing contest. Um, Lisa's like, I don't even think you know where you are right now, Heather. I'm being totally honest. And Heather goes, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> and there's like, I don't know who I am. Lisa's like, I think there's days when you're like, I want that back. It's in your core. It's in your DNA. Heather goes, yeah, that's why the book's not ex-Mormon. It's bad Mormon. It's my heritage. It's like my culture. It's everything I've lived. It's like NGK being Greek. I don't want you to think I would ever undermine or hurt your son or not support you as a mother. But it's coming off a lot like that, Heather. And Lisa's like, um, I don't think you would do that. And Heather goes, I was the last one to know. And like, you don't want to talk about it to me? You wrote a book about being a bad Mormist. A bad Mormon. I'm focused on my kid being a good Mormon. Tin roof rusted. But the bottom line is, I'm done with this. We're friends. I want to build a better friendship with you. And this is off the table. Like, this conversation is off the table. And I was like, you got it? Okay, okay, okay. But it feels like I don't want to be judged for the way I do things. Like, I don't care how you do it. And I was like, well, I am judging you. That's what Mormons do best. So we end this scene and it's one of those another bizarre things of like, what? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> Lisa's like, I want to build a better friendship with you, but I don't want to talk to you about this at all. It's like classic Salt Lake City. I just, we are, so, once again, I'm just going to say everything. We are so blessed, folks. We are so blessed. Okay, I'm going to have to finish this up after uh, after the Betches event because I got to get changed. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you in a sec, guys. Bye. Oh my God, folks, I am such a professional. I am back after a full night with Betches to finish this Salt Lake City recap that is taking forever. My goodness, you this this is like the Godfather trilogy. My podcasts are genuinely like the Godfather trilogy in that there's great moments, but they just keep going. My God. You guys, I know we're in the middle of this recap, so you're like, we're, we're really just, we're in the magic of the storytelling, but I just had seven hours where I left you and then went to this Betches event uh, where I met all of these PR people. I'm telling you, it's so crazy to be with this group of people that really, I mean, I'm just, it's wild. It's wild to be with a company that actually you know, it's trying to like get you to the next level. It is so cool. I don't know, man. Like I've just not experienced anything like this. And I keep waiting for the, uh, the carpet to be ripped out under my, cause I'm just like, this can't be real. Like I got to meet people from Spotify, Focus Features, Variety, Complex. I mean, they had all this Michelle, the PR person at Betches, like she, she arranged all of this really cool shit. They had like at the office, they had like a bartender, all this like free food, but I was too nervous to eat. You guys would be proud. I did not sweat nearly as much as I usually do. I think it's just because it's a 
a cooler climate right now in New York. <laughs> Gibson Johns, who was on the show recently, he was there. And we got to talk about BravoCon with me and Dylan uh, in a couple weeks, which we're very excited about. Um, it, it was just wild. And then after that, we went to this stand-up show. Betches does this Betches Night Out every month. And it was just so great. I, I saw all these female comics that just killed it. I think I was like one of the only three men there. But it, but you know what's? I'm just so fucking old. Like it is so wild, and it is just so wild. Uh, Kiki was there. Kiki Monique. Uh, she has a new podcast coming out on Betches next week, which I'm very excited for. I love Kiki so much. I'll be on uh, Reality Check with her tomorrow with Countess Luann. I think I can finally say that now. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Ronnie Karam, I'll be doing Watch What Crappens with him in the morning at 9 a.m. But this is what a professional is. I didn't go out and stay drinking. I went to the stand-up show. I'm beat tired. But a lot of people kept going. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go watch Southern Charm, finish this, go to bed, wake up, laugh with Ronnie, and then go through the day and then end it with reality checked over at Sirius XM in New York. So what? I'm, I'm blessed, but I am exhausted because I'm old as fuck. Um, Southern Charm, how sad was that tonight if you guys watched it? Ronnie uh, said, hey, we're not going to do a Southern Charm recap like we were planning because... You know, uh, Olivia's brother passed away in this episode, and it just—it really was a very sad episode on a couple different levels. But man, like I was like tearing up. Whoo, man! How are you guys doing? Hey, we're three hours into this. Let's keep going. Let's get. Uh, where did we? Uh, where did we leave off, folks? This is where it'd be great to have a co-host. Where did we leave off? Well, I'll tell you where we left off, Ryan. We left off with Heather and Lisa Barlow. So now. We're back with Angie Kay and Monica, who is having that conversation on the other side of Heather and Lisa Barlow. Man, I am just so good at that. I'm just really on top of it. Angie Kay goes, I wish you had just pulled my Greek ass aside without going around to other people in the room, Monica. And Monica goes like, I literally did. And Angie Kay goes, I've heard things about you, but I would never repeat it. And Monica's like, come with it. Come with it. Monica, with that young energy, that come with it energy. And Angie's like, no, I would never do that. And Monica's like, what do you got? Foreclosure? Check. Repo? Check. Divorce? Check. Affair? Check. What else do you want? I think Monica could have got more specific. Affair with my brother-in-law? Check. Angie Kay's like, I'm not. I would never. I'm Greek. And Monica goes, I own it all. I I stand in it. And Angie Kay's like, I don't care. And Monica's like, I'll stand in it all day, every day, Angie. And I'm not going to blame you for it. No way. And Angie Kay's like, but you know what I won't do? If I don't believe something or if I don't know. And Monica's like, you tell me. Guess what? If you tell me something, I'm not going to be like, how dare you tell me? And Angie Kay goes, you're getting elevated. You're getting elevated. We're not going to get anywhere. Is elevated a new... Word for getting pressed, like elevated? You're getting elevated. You are getting Greek elevated. Monica goes, I will be like, what did you hear? The difference between you and me is I don't fucking hide it. And Angie K goes, hide what? A rumor? And Monica goes, everyone here is talking shit behind your back. I'm the only one saying it to your face and you hate me for what? You hate me for that? When you should be hating all the other people. And we see clips of people in the room turning to stare at Angie Kay and Monica arguing. On Greek Easter, Monica's mom, 
Oh, this girl. Monica's mom especially looks upset that upset that they're fighting. Cause like we said, Monica's gunning, Monica's mom's gunning for that snowflake. So Monica's mom gets up and walks over to them. And Angie Kay's like, I don't hate you, Monica. I don't know where I stand with you. You know what I mean? Oh, hey mom, we're working through it. And Linda, the mom goes, You're both beautiful, powerful women. By the way, do you do women, do you guys get upset? When other women come up and like, you're all women, it's, you know, women need to band together. It's like, no, women can be mad at each other. How that's, you know, to say that is to like, no, women can be mad at each other. Treat them as equals. Angie K goes, we know. Thank you. And Linda goes, bury the hatchet. Angie K goes, that's what we're trying to do. And then Linda goes, Portuguese and Greek are so similar. We're very passionate people, very passionate, but today's not the day for that. So finally... You know, Linda's trying to create a unity between the Portuguese and the Greek. Angie K goes, yeah, we're not fighting. I'm just trying to have a conversation that I would love to wrap up with Monica. And Monica goes, I bet you would love to wrap it up and bring it up the next time I see you. And Angie K's like, no, it's not coming up. I'm Greek. And Monica goes, because you keep coming for me, Angie. And then Linda in Portuguese is like, blah, 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 blah. she's like, honey, your daughters are here. Like Portuguese, like code to Angie, uh, code to uh, Monica. Angie K goes, girl, I only speak Greek. <laughs> Do you think the Greek tourism board is like, oh my God, Angie K, you are killing it for us. We are getting visitor. We're getting a slew of new visitors over here in Greece. Linda says, I said in Portuguese, her daughters are here. And Monica goes, I didn't start this shit. You want to blame me? And Angie's like, Monica, no. And Monica's like, I love that people come for me. And then they get mad when I fight back. And Angie K goes, nobody's coming for you. There's no blame. There's just me trying to understand on Greek Easter. And Monica's like, mom, no. And then Linda in Portuguese goes, it's God's day. And Monica goes, mom, I'm about to pop off. And Angie K goes, okay, let's just leave it because it's getting heated and we have kids here. And Linda goes, do you want to go with me to the bathroom? Come with me, come with me to the bathroom. And then Angie K goes, I don't see us getting anywhere. I'm going to move on since it's not a day to have this conversation. Obviously Greek Easter. And then Monica goes, it's not. Angie K walks away and Monica goes, don't fucking pull this shit with me when you don't have my back, mom. And Linda goes, you are at someone's home. And what Linda means by that is you are at a fancier home than you live in. And then Monica's like, okay. And then Angie is talking to Sean, which by the way, let's bring up Sean's newsboy cap. Sean is in the DiCaprio special. Sean, uh, Angie K's husband is wearing that page boy cap. It's like, I'm in newsies, but I'm also DiCaprio on an off day and Angie's talking to Sean and over here's Monica and Linda and says I wouldn't talk to my dad my Greek dad like that and then Linda to Monica goes take a breath Monica stands up and walks away and Monica's like I'm not gonna do this with you mom because it's gonna get ugly between you and I and Linda's like go take a breath go take a poop go to the bathroom Linda gets up to follow her and Monica's like no mom don't and Linda goes come in the bathroom with me and Angie K goes it's okay it's all good Monica I wish we could just talk calmly and Monica says Angie we're not gonna talk calmly as long as you're blaming me for shit other people are saying and Angie K goes 
I didn't blame you. This is what I'm talking about, Salt Lake. We are on a different fucking planet right now. This is insanity. Monica goes, and then I tell you what they're saying, and you get mad that I'm telling you what they're saying? And I got to tell you, I kind of agree with Monica, even though it's weird that we're in this situation to begin with, because you never should out, like, that's a stupid rumor to out anybody. It's gross. Andrew K goes, but you told someone else before you told me. That's all. Linda, in the Portuguese language again, goes, stop it. Go to the bathroom with me. And Monica's like, don't do this to me, mom. Literally, I'm not going to go to the bathroom with you. No. And Liz's like, stop. And Monica's like, get out of my face, mom. And Liz's like, I'm dead serious. This is a family gathering. Greek. And Monica's like, I'm sitting here. She's, and Monica's like getting like a child. You can see the inner child coming out. Like, I am sitting here. She started it, mom. And Linda's like, I don't care. You finish it by keeping quiet. And Monica's like, I'm not saying anything. And Angie K goes, Monica, I was trying to be kind to you. I wanted to tell you how I felt. And Monica goes, you are not trying to be kind. And Linda goes, stop it. And Monica's like, tell her to stop it. Are you serious? And people at the party, it's like record scratch. And they're looking at them now. And Lisa says, it's not as nice to talk to your mom like that. Because <laughs> Lisa hates Monica. <laughs> Lisa hates Monica, man. Sean goes, hey, guys, I'm in a newsboy cap. We don't do this in our house. Yeah, no, not a lot of people do do it. Like, is there a house you go to? It's like, we strictly fight in this house. So if you guys are speaking calmly to each other, I'd wish, I'd prefer if you didn't. And Angie K goes, you can't raise your voice in my Greek household. Linda, Linda and Monica get up from the table and Linda's like, come with me to the bathroom. It is getting weird now with all the bathroom. Like, mom, stop telling me to go to the bathroom. Monica goes, I'm not talking to you, mom. And Monica storms off. And Linda then... Turns to Angie K and her husband and goes, I'm so sorry. And Angie K goes, don't apologize. And Sean's like, don't apologize. I'm in a newsboy cap. And then Angie K goes, you're very sweet and it's okay. And Linda goes, I'm so sorry. Linda, stop kissing their ass. You owe it to your daughter to stick by your daughter's side. Don't do this. Because Linda looks all fucking tickled that they like her. They're like, you're so sweet. She's like, am I? Can I be on the cast? And we see that Monica has gone over to sit by herself on the couch. And when he's like, where is Monica? And Linda's like, I don't know. But when he's like, I'll talk to her. And Linda's like, no, no, no. Let her decompress. Can we have some fun? I'm ready for fun. Linda, this isn't your fucking birthday party. You don't even need to be ready. Nobody's asking you to have fun. Angie K goes, you are fun, Linda. And you could tell that just lights Linda up from the inside. Monica in a confessional goes, I am so confused as to what my mom is doing right now. I don't really know why she feels the need to apologize for me to complete strangers that she doesn't know and has never met before. I feel completely betrayed. Then Linda walks over to sit with the husbands. Now Linda's on fire. She's like, hey, Hey, any of you guys play college ball? I'm Linda. And we find out that John Barlow did play. He's like, I, Linda, I have, uh, I have played college ball, by the way. The ladies minus Monica and Angie K start dancing the traditional Greek dance and start throwing the dollar bills. And Linda awkwardly walks over and sits by Monica. It's like, Monica, they're throwing money. Do we need any of that? And Linda's like, I want to go dance. And Monica's like, go dance, mom. And Linda's like, no, I'm not going to leave you here by yourself. Are you okay? You're my daughter. You're my concern. And Monica's like, I genuinely don't believe you believe that. You literally just want to go dance. And Linda's like, yes, I did. That doesn't mean you're not important to me. That doesn't mean you're not my concern. And Monica goes, you're right. Your behavior is what shows me I'm not important to you. Your behavior behavior and your words and how you act and how you apologize to other people is what shows me I am not your concern. And Linda's like, you were shouting at a family gathering. On top of it, it's a Greek family gathering. 
And Monica goes, does it fucking matter? I'm very grateful for moments like this because it reminds me of exactly what I don't ever and will never do to my kids. I'm not going to let them feel alone. I am not going to let them sit here and be massacred. And then Linda starts laughing like, oh, Portuguese. And Monica's like, is this funny to you? And Linda goes, it is funny to me. And Monica's like, that's hilarious. You really are a heartless person and you can stay with your friends and party and fucking opa and dance. And Linda goes, I'm heartless. And Monica goes, you can find your own ride home. Deadass, find your own fucking ride home. And Linda goes, listen. And Monica's like, no. And then the party's still going while Monica and Linda are arguing. People are dancing. The kids are picking up the dollar bills from the floor. Wow. And kids are like taking shots of water. And Monica walks over, grabs her kids and goes, let's go. We're leaving. Angie K goes, Monica, do you want to talk to me before you go? And Monica's like, no, I'm good. I'm done. And Angie K goes, I'm Greek. And Monica's like, let's go. And then Monica in a confessional goes, I feel like I'm always left feeling like little Monica, like childhood Monica. And I feel so bad for her. I feel so bad for little Monica. Monica and her girls tell everyone goodbye. One of her daughters is asking about the Easter egg hunt. and <laughs> They don't want to leave yet because they're like probably seeing like money being thrown around. Monica really did leave her mom behind. And Monica in a confessional goes, it sucks that all I want is a different relationship with my mom. And I know that's just never going to happen. And I wish it so bad. Like I wish my mom, I hate feeling like I wish I had a different mom, but I wish like I had a different mom. And then Lisa goes, I feel really bad for her mom. And Angie Kay's like, I know, I know. I feel so bad. And Lisa's like, like, it's pure chaos right now. And Angie Kay goes, I feel terrible. And then Monica in a confessional goes, all I can do is hope that I can be the kind of mom I wanted for my kids. Yeah. And then Monica drives away in her car. And then we see the mid-season trailer for the rest of the season. And Monica, we see Storms Off crying. And Lisa follows her and is like, why would she do this to you? Monica, Monica. And then Meredith says, if you're accused of something over and over, you may as well do it. And then we see the ladies having fun, being silly. Drama begins. And then Whitney goes... Heather exploited my sexuality in her book. And then Lisa and Monica get into it. And then Heather goes, I got some information that is pretty devastating. And Mary's like, don't trust no one to Monica. And then Heather versus Meredith. And she tells Meredith what the, whatever Meredith did is a complete betrayal. And then Lisa is yelling like, Angie, Angie, what's going on? And then Meredith says, Kermer just comes back. And then at the very end, we see Meredith with an IV drip. Doot, doot. Like, like she's like, uh, like classic. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this is extra information. And this is from a Bravo Real Housewives Reddit thread. Angie Kay and Lisa Barlow claim that Monica threw a shoe at the Easter brunch. Do you believe it? And then this is a tweet from Angie, Angie Kay. Uh, by the way, you know, I did a little research on the Reddit. Turns out Angie is Greek. Uh, Angie says, production did you a favor, Monica. We don't need to see stills to know you did this in front of your kids. Don't forget you almost hit my two-year-old niece in the head with your shoe when you threw it. And STFU, which, I mean, shut the fuck up, with your lies about Sean. Hashtag Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And then, uh, then this other person goes, Lisa, can you confirm that a shoe was thrown at the Easter brunch? And Lisa Barlow goes... It was thrown, and Henry was very uncomfortable. Henry, of course, the younger son of the Fresh Wolf Collection Empire. Um, So supposedly, Monica threw a shoe, but then if you go even deeper than that, 
Monica goes off on Twitter like an old school Bravo blog moment where Monica lets us know that she fell down Angie's stairs, you guys, and she shows pictures on Twitter of her bruising everywhere and she went off. And I gotta tell you, a lot of people were like, eh, but I was like, I love, I really truly love, I don't know, I love, I love Monica. So Monica goes off and she's like, Say what you want about me, whore, rat, disrespectful, homewrecker, spoiled, broke, an assistant, whatever you want to say. I let everybody run with it, but I made sure my girls were not there for that situation. That did not happen in front of my kids. Go through the stills. She's now talking to Angie K. So supposedly she fell down Angie K's stairs. She had to go to the doctors, like immediately to the emergency room. She comes back and that's when she films that scene with her mom. So we didn't know any of that. And it's so shocking to me because you're like, Wait, why wouldn't Bravo put, like this is iconic. If she did fall downstairs at Angie K's place, why don't you put this shit in there? So then Monica is like showing pictures, no kids anyways. And uh, she's like, Angie, you are a liar. Be just like you lied about, oh, just like you lied about meeting me once. You and I both know the kids were in your basement, you sick piece of shit. Go get your, go get your house up to code and I'm sending you my ER bill after falling down your basement stairs because you didn't have a railing. Almost hit your knees. You are the biggest freaking asshole. You know damn well what happened. I left your house with bumps, bloody, and bruised. I should sue your ass for not having your home to code, you fuck. Let's talk about head injuries since I got one at your home on your stairs and had to leave to get a freaking CAT scan. You are sick. And let's talk about how everyone called me after finding out I fell down your stairs and went to the ER except you and Lisa. Meredith even tried to send my family meals, Angie. Shut the fuck up. After falling down Angie's stairs at Greek Easter because you had no railing, everyone saying I left my mom, yes, yes I did, and went straight to the hospital and she knew I fell down the stairs. My combo with her on the couch was after the fall. I'll attach my x-ray scans and hospital bill for you too, Angie. You are disgusting. Holy shit, folks. Monica going off on Twitter like a housewife from 2005. Amazing. Right against Angie. Angie doesn't know how to deal with somebody that is like that kind of anger, that kind of unbridled anger I'm here for. Um, But then Monica's mom jumped into the fray and get this. This is where I'm like, this is not your place, Monica's mom. I don't like this. I like Monica's a housewife. You are not. Monica's mom goes which by the way, she's LD millionaire on Twitter. Amazing. She goes, Monica begged me to do this reality show with her. Begged. I didn't want to do it. She told me all I had to do was cook and speak Portuguese. How did she return the favor? She did me dirty. Meanwhile, I would never compete with my only child unless it's sports. What does that even mean? I'm too smart to try to go up against Monica. She'd chew me up and spit me out. Lastly, I never abandoned her. I always put her needs above my own, even in her adulthood. I am not a perfect human, but I am a devoted mother and vovo, which I'm guessing is Portuguese for something. God bless us, everyone. Hashtag Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Dude, rest in peace, Becky Bailey, but if she ever hashtag Real Housewives, if she ever hashtag so bad it's good, I'd be like, oh, dude, we're done. Um, But isn't that crazy? Oh no. Folks, that old oh no you just heard was that I, uh, it said internet cut out. So I thought it did not record any of the last. Dude, I don't get it, man. This week has been tough in terms of internet. And it turns out it did record, uh, I think. So we are finally at the end of this recap. And you are at your weekend, folks. 
So what do we do? It's Friday. Drink something good. Eat something great. Tell someone you love them. Tell your family you're thankful for them. Um, do all the things that I wish I could do this weekend and have the best one ever. And then what you do is meet me here bright and early Monday morning for an all new week of so bad. It's good. You are a part of this. Thank you for bringing me to New York. Thank you for these opportunities that I'm getting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tell your friends. I want to keep ascending folks. Uh, I was talking to Kiki tonight about, um, about, uh, not not wish fulfillment, about manifesting. And she really inspired me. And this has truly been a manifestation that I've dreamed about for all my life. So thank you for uh, taking me on this journey. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And uh, I'll talk to you bright and early on Monday, uh, unless you're on the Patreon, and I'll talk to you this weekend. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.